0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver.
2: This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to Real Talk for real Mississippians. Informed, engaging, and always brutally honest. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert on Supertalk Mississippi, the Supertalk app, and at supertalk.fm. And now, here's Gerard Gibbert.
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the JT Show Super Talk Mississippi. It is a Monday, the day after Easter. You got Gerard and Rhino in the studio, guiding you through the middle of your day with facts, fodder, and fine music. Morning, Rhino. Howdy, howdy. Your Easter was good, I trust?
3: Oh, yeah. I got a chance to travel up to Tupelo and spend some time with the family. I had... All of the the three boys, the three sons, together for, uh, for at least church. I got to meet my youngest wonder niece for the first time in her life. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I got to see the three wonder
2: nieces and the ninja nephew, so it was a good <laughs> Easter. <laughs> the wonder nieces. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, it was indeed. I take it yours was good? It was. It was awesome. Had... Uh... The son and daughter to a little uh, Easter lunch yesterday, along with a wife, and beautiful weather, wasn't it? It was gorgeous. And same today, just continues. This is what I'm talking about. This is Mississippi spring weather, especially for April. Can't get any better. Really, truly awesome. And the azaleas in bloom are something, aren't they? Wow. Just awesome. It was, uh, and you know, I couldn't help but think, when I was in mass yesterday, I couldn't help but think about still parts of the country, right, some states where they're not allowing in-person services. Is that true? I think there are. If so, very restrictive. And I'm just wondering, so my church has been open since like last July. With some degree of restrictions and measures in place, everybody wears a mask, and there's hand sanitizer uh, in the vestibule there when you enter the church. And we use every other pew. And then the pews you use have some space where no one sits. But are there not some states, perhaps, where they're totally still... I know restricted. in California they
3: were trying to, to restrict all in person, and then they walked it back to, I think it was 25%, but I believe even that was struck down by the Supreme Court. There are states where there are recommendations and executive orders, but nothing that really seems to be sticking at this point. It seems like all of those have gone by the wayside by this past Easter, or this past Sunday.
2: Well, it's... I'm just not sure all that is making or made a difference. I'm, I think this, <laughs> I think we're going to find out a lot about that as time goes on. We've discussed that before on the show. And it just seems a little weird to me that states that seem to be more open, such as this one, we're not really experiencing any particular surge and as I recall now, when the governor lifted the mandates and basically returned us to 100%, did that not have an expiration date on it? You seem to recall that, or was it permanent? seems like it I had an expiration I want to say there was, a,
3: there was an expiration date, and it will be revisited, I want to say next month.
2: I think you're right. That sounds familiar, too. I'm sure someone in our audience knows the answer to that. But... Uh, Anyhow, very, very interesting how all that is shaking out, where, as I said before, I think we're going to look back and history will show that the onerous lockdowns and restrictions were arguably the worst public policy decision in the history of this country. Just my opinion, but this is an opinion show, so we express it. Yeah, it looks
3: like the uh, California ban on in-person worship was shot down by the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, It was... There were only three that voted in favor of the government restricting... Uh, I want to say, yeah, this is the first signed opinion of Justice Amy Coney Barrett. Okay. So... It was Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan that said they would have left California's restrictions in place. Okay. Gotcha. Saying that they... uh, They were saying none of the justices are scientists and accused the majority of substituting their own judgment for the epidemiologists and elected officials who are desperately trying to slow the spread of a deadly disease.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They don't care about that. I'm just not buying it. They just don't. That is not the goal. The goal is to wield a power over your life and to push that as far as they can. Period. That's my opinion.
3: And this this wasn't the first time that Justice Amy Coney Barrett had heard a case or ruled on a case. It was just her first signed decision. Okay. Makes sense. Because she ruled in the 5-4 to four decision in November of last year to block New York from enforcing strict limits on attendance to uh, places of worship.
2: Larry and Jackson on the C Spire text line informs. Forums... I saw where the cops busted up an Easter service in England. Thomas and Greenwood reported a similar story in Canada.
3: So, oh, yeah, the, there was a video of the one in Canada. Saw where saw that. They were trying to come in and break it up, and the pastor told them to leave.
2: Good for him. <laughs> let, let me put it this way, folks. You know what the greater than sign looks like? Just imagine, if you will, the... This inequality, this would be an inequality when you have one of those operands between two objects. So God, a greater than government. Simple as that. Simple as that. Speaking of God, the legendary, iconic, I can't say iconic to describe the Ten Commandments movie. It aired again on Saturday, an Easter tradition. You've seen that, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Saw it at the theater as a youngster. I think it was made in, like, 1956, 58, somewhere in that time frame. Charlton Heston, of course, played the leading role. 56, had it right. Played the leading role of Moses. Saw it downtown Jackson at the Paramount Theater. Pretty cool. Any of those that may remember that on Capitol Street down there. But anyhow, some interesting trivia facts about the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston said he used about nine different beards during the filming. His son, Fraser, was used to portray baby Moses. Remember that in the, in the Nile floating in the basket there? Sixteen miles of cloth and 13 tons of leather were used for the film's props and costumes. Wow. That's a lot. Heston asked Cecil B. DeMille, the producer, of course, if he could voice God in the burning bush scene. And DeMille agreed. What's so funny? That's got to be a bit of an ego boost. (laughs) Agreed. I mean,
3: you're you're the producer of a movie, which it, it's different than producing like this. Producing this is me working the magic behind the scenes and and pushing the. A producer on a movie is literally the money bags. He he comes by to, to give yep. his input because he's got money on it, and it's just funny that hey, money
2: guy, Yep. you want to be the burning Bush? Come yep. on, <laughs> that's kind of how it works too. <laughs> All hell to the producer. <laughs> Cost thirteen million. Thirteen million to produce it. Of course that's in nineteen fifty-six dollars. But it became the filmmaker Paramount, the studio's top grossing film at that time. No surprise there. <laughs> Interesting information. Bert Lancaster was considered for the role of Moses. And let's face it, Charlton Heston, forever known as Moses. You couldn't look at the guy after that. Remember, he was a big spokesperson for... The NRA, I believe, right?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's a generational thing. Because my generation, I, I wasn't around when yeah. the Ten Commandments came out. I wasn't around when Planet of the Apes came out. So I always thought of Charlton Heston <laughs> as the Planet okay. of the Apes guy
2: that also played Moses. <laughs> that's interesting. <laughs> so Moses was kind of a secondary role, right? Less than 5% of the Ten Commandments was actually filmed in Egypt. No surprise there, I don't think. And then the producer, DeMille, yeah, he was 75. He had a heart attack on the set and was back on the job and two days after. 14,000 extras and 15,000 animals were used in the film. It's time for a break here on the JT Show. We'll come right back. Stay with us. <laughs>
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today's sunny skies, high near 78. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 53. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 81. Tuesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 62. Wednesday, 40% chance of rain, high near 82. And for Thursday, 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com.
5: Are you ready for what is possibly the last lawnmower you will ever buy? If so, then you are ready for an X
6: We do more than fix phones and tablets. We help our neighbors power their lives. Visit Batteries Plus in-store, curbside, and online to save on boat, RV, and motorcycle batteries. For offer details and limitations, visit BatteriesPlus.com.
7: Are you turning 65? Humana can provide answers to your Medicare questions, including, What are my Medicare plan options? Which Medicare plan is right for me? And how do I choose a Medicare plan? Listening, learning, and providing whole health support that meets you where you are. That's what we call human care. To learn more, call 601-605-5130 to speak to your local Humana sales agent.
8: With the extreme winter weather that we've had all across Mississippi recently, the blood supply is very low. And now it's critical that Mississippi Blood Services gets more blood on the shelves to ensure that we have what Mississippi patients need. Visit msblood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you today. That's msblood.com. msblood.com.
9: Be sure and check out the newly remodeled Basils in Fondren, where you get simple food done well. And don't forget to drop by Basils Fountain View at the Renaissance. Go to EatBasils.com for online ordering for both locations. That's Basils.
10: It's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
0: You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Now, now, to the real part.
11: Dino Mike
0: on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
2: takes a part of me something lost and never seen welcome back everyone to JT show super talk Mississippi thanks for joining us this morning Monday April the 5th the day after Easter what a grand and glorious Easter Sunday it was hope you enjoyed it enjoyed some worship celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then enjoying uh, some family time and just beautiful weather. Golly. It uh, was so uplifting, in my view, to have that sort of weather. I can recall every now and then having some cold and wet Easter's, and they ain't no fun. But this was beautiful, and the weather continues. Get outside and enjoy it. And uh, we are certainly blessed and a, a year and change into this whole pandemic deal it looks to me like at least in mississippi i i can't tell the difference now between the current environment and the pre pandemic environment it looks like we're fairly close to back to normal what are you thinking
3: yeah, I mean as far as people in the stores, people at restaurants, people in parks, people just out and about. Yeah. It it's about back to normal. You you still have the 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 quote unquote new normal of some people wearing masks, some people wearing face shields, some people that used to be very hearty on the handshake or still doing the fist
2: bumps. Yeah. But yeah, we're getting there. I'm shaking hands more. I'm finding that people are more acceptable of that and less into the fist bumping. That's what I'm seeing. At but, least
3: we finally got away from the theater of let's do elbows. Oh, yeah. Let's tap elbows. Seen a
2: little of that.
3: and Which just seemed counterintuitive yeah. to me, because
2: where do they tell you to cough into right. your elbow? Right. Right. So, y- you know. Well, I don't know about here's What about the CDC? So, they've absolutely been hammering us to get vaccinated, right? Now they say, but by the way, once you're vaccinated, you can travel as long as you keep your mask on, keep your distance, and wash your hands. Does it just seem goofy that we have government agencies, including the president in his most recent address? So, I mean, so emphatically, so passionately. And in such a condescending tones, and wash your hands. It's not political. That just sickens me. It almost and I'm a hand washing freak, have been my whole life. I just just like clean hands. I like the feel of clean hands. Pre pandemic, I just wash my hands. I don't know why, it's just weird habit, I guess. But but nonetheless, when I hear the president of the United States scolding me to wash my hands. It's like I want to let them get dirty and not wash them. Do they not get that simple concept of human nature? When you scold and admonish and talk in such a morally superior, condescending, sanctimonious tone, you get the opposite result. That's just management of people 101. I don't see how that works. I think it's just the opposite.
3: Well, it's because usually the people that have that mentality have never actually had to put their practices into a position where it made them money. To, To break that down, they've been a politician or in government their entire career and have never had to take their managerial ideals and put them on the private market and go, let's see if this works in the real world. Right. They've just been insulated by bureaucracy and red tape, so they think their managerial concepts are brilliant. When when you apply them to something in reality that's not in academia, that's not in government, that's not in bureaucracy, it crumbles.
2: Because they they thrive on mandates and dictates. I, you know... I ran a company had three hundred plus people. You just don't get people to, you don't get the performance, you don't get the reaction, you don't get the commitment and cooperation when everything is expressed as a mandate and a dictate and in a scolding tone, and one where you admonish people and talk down to them the way these folks do. It's disgusting. I, it's uh, no, it's more. Hat in hand, it's hat in hand. Hey, we're we we just need your help here. Uh, and what can we do to help you help us? Sort of sort of attitude is always the way I try to approach things and and try to explain to them what the benefits of that would be. Not just to the company, but to them personally, because they first and foremost care about themselves as they should and their family. And everything we did had to be communicated and expressed with that underlying. This is this is how you will benefit. And as long as they did, they guess what? They buy into the next <laughs> the next objectives. It's just the way it works. If if that doesn't turn out to be the case. So now you you need to get vaccinated, but by the way, your life doesn't change. It's like, well, what the heck am I getting vaccinated for?
3: That's taking the, the carrot and the stick and taking the carrot off the stick, and now you've just got the stick. Unbelievable. Nobody likes that.
2: <sighs> Agree. Malcolm from Tishomingo says, how does Biden have a 61% approval rating? Who the heck do they survey? How is that possible? Yeah, I've seen anywhere from 58 to 61. It, here's the deal, It just to, what I think, Malcolm, is that the majority of people in this country they buy into this nonsense. That's what's scary. Biden is not the one that disturbs me. It's the fact that the majority of the people in this country have somehow been hoodwinked and snowed into believing that this expansive government, this growth of government, this intrusive government that is just rife with high taxes and and uh, more regulation and more control is good. They believe somehow that's in their best interest. And I'll tell you the other thing is, the pandemic in general, there are some states that are experiencing a slight increase, but in general, I think folks are starting to feel some degree of normalcy, and they're attributing it to him, even though he basically had nothing to do with it i still think about we talked about it on the air during the campaign that 45 page plan on how he would address the virus and so forth here's our detailed plan you know trump he never had a plan we got a plan go back and look at it i have he's done none of that zero nothing
3: because he waits till the doctors come out and say yeah we're doing two and a half million a day and then he goes (laughs) hey I want us to hit this goal that equals two million a day.
2: Yes exactly He so everything is leading. We're going to tell the schools how they can open after half of them are open and the businesses too you know they don't know how to do that. We got to tell them It's everything just filters back and and filters down to government. I would also
3: answer the question about the the skewed approval rating because that that does seem a bit skewed, but I would think it comes down to how they worded the question and what other questions they lumped in or led to with that because I don't know that I agree completely with you that it's a, a sizable majority of the population that buys into this nonsense. I think there's a big enough chunk that it matters of the population that just got sick and tired of every time they turned on any news broadcast, it was screaming and clutching of pearls and pulling out hair over Orange Man bad, Orange Man so bad <laughs> that they just they feel a little bit relieved that everyone is not at, at eleven. Okay, I hear you. Which I excuse the approval because it's like, oh well, it's better than that until they see what the taxes do
2: to their paychecks. I could buy what you're saying, that it's 61%, excuse me, is outrageous. I don't think it's that. But I think it's north of 50. I think it's north of 50. And uh, I I tell you, the other thing is, when you look at the recent $1.9 trillion aid package, 73% approval of that suppose that's off by 10 okay 63 percent. that's why people they rate him high at the point they ask him when the money's going into their dang bank account oh that biden's great he sent me some money that's the problem in my opinion we're going to talk short-sighted works in the short term exactly and we are creatures of the short term You know, none of that delayed gratification thing. That's racist. I got a little story to tell about that. When we return, stay with us here on the JT Show.
12: Driving a car you hate? Don't stay stuck. It's time to change your luck. I'm learning a wee bit of the luck of the Irish to my friends at Ridgeland Mitsubishi to get you into the new vehicle you will love. That's right. At Ridgeland Mitsubishi, we're on a mission to help you change your luck. Still making payments on your current vehicle? You're in luck. Don't have enough for a big down payment? You're in luck. New or old, paid off or not, don't stay stuck. Let Ridgeland Mitsubishi get you into the vehicle you really want. Right now, pay just $189 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi G4s. That's $189 per month. And pay only $299 per month on new 2021 Mitsubishi Outlander Sports. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Bad credit, no credit, it doesn't matter. 100% credit approval is our number one goal. Come change your luck only at Ridgeland Mitsubishi, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. 1860 East County Line Road. Call 896-9600 today or visit RidgelandMitsubishi.com. Remember, you're approved at Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi G4, stock number 1799, outlander stock number 1712. Nineteen ninety nine down, 2.9% for 84 months. See deal for details with approved credit.
9: Hey, this is Jimmy Primos at the range in Gluckstadt. Once again, our Second Amendment rights are under attack by a group of Washington politicians. Right now, we have a large selection of ARs and other popular self-defense firearms in stock. We also have a good supply of ammunition at the best prices in the area. Finally, many of you have asked me if my wife Jane had a problem with me talking about her on our commercials. She must liked them because the other day she complimented me. She said I had the perfect face for radio. I hope to see you soon at the range.
13: Afraid of falling? You're not alone. If you or someone you know suffers from dizziness or imbalance, Physical of Jackson can help you improve your balance and decrease your chances of falling. Susan Geiger and her team of unique specialized therapists utilize cutting-edge equipment only found at Physical of Jackson. Conveniently located in Flowood, Physical of Jackson can help you get back to enjoying a healthy, independent lifestyle again. Call Physical of Jackson today for your appointment.
8: 601 487
7: I'm Andy Davis, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The science surrounding the COVID-19 vaccine is still evolving. But what we know is that these vaccines are highly effective, but not 100 percent, you know, 96, 97 percent, um, not 100 percent. So we will see some cases of people who do get coronavirus after having been vaccinated. But Dr. Lou Anne Woodward with UMMC says patients who get the virus after getting the shots aren't as likely to become critically ill. And President Biden is planning the first major federal tax hike since 1993. Russ Latino, president of Empower Mississippi, is concerned about the trend of demonizing the wealthy.
6: The proposals that are coming out right now, like the wealth tax proposals, are proposals that have fundamentally failed throughout Europe and have been repealed in Europe. So literally for us to do this, we are doing something that we know hurts an economy. We'll
11: actually hurt the people it's supposed to help.
7: For Super Supertalk Mississippi News, I'm Andy Davis.
11: Hello, I'm Will Noble from Moore, Mississippi. I'm proud to be a catfish farmer. And being selected as Mississippi's Catfish Farmer of the Year means a lot to me. I pride myself in raising healthy fish for you to enjoy. And they were raised right here in America. So please, make sure you and your family are receiving the best U.S. farm-raised catfish. This message is brought to you by the Catfish Institute. For more information, visit uscatfish.com.
10: Hey, it's Richard Cross from Sports Talk Mississippi. Join us every day for the college football fix driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Speaking of Ford, this is Ford Truck Month. Get the best deals of the year on the only trucks that are built Ford tough. Drive home the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Ford F-150, the legendary performer Ford Super Duty, or the adventure ready Ford Ranger. Work or play, count on Ford trucks to get the job done and hurry because Ford Truck Month is an event you don't want to
0: miss. Yes. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Now, 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 back to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi.
15: Mississippi. Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi, on this Monday, April the 5th. So, before I talk a little bit about this delayed gratification concept, which is deemed as racist uh, by those that are in the race industry. Uh, talk a little bit about the Day of Gratitude. Forgot to mention that at the top of the show. We, we had that here at Super Supertalk on Thursday, and that was awesome. That was excellent. That was really fun and cool to be a part of that, and very grateful to the uh, Super Talk team and the network for declaring that day, Thursday, as a Day of Gratitude and a full slate of guests we had. And they were all good, and it was uh, really, really neat to be part of that, and it's especially fun for me to have daughter Alex Marie Gibbert in the studio, and that was really a cool interview if you didn't check that out, didn't get a chance to hear that. What a lot of fun that was, and I really appreciate that and appreciate our audience for tuning in and listening and watching, and we hope you enjoyed it. It was a special day for us. Something we ought to do more often. But so I made my customary stop at the coffee shop this morning, about 9 a.m., not between here and my house. And one of the young ladies that was uh, serving said, uh, Mr. Gerard, I like that jacket. So I have one. I just have a blazer on today. He said, I like that jacket. That looks good on you. It looks sharp on you. I said, I appreciate that. She says, well what time do you have to be at work? <laughs> I said, well, 10 o'clock. Wow, 10 o'clock, what time do you get off? I said, one. And she's trying to figure out, how <laughs> you know, how do you afford a jacket like that, probably, when you work three hours a day? And she said, well, what do you do? And I and I explained about hosting here uh, at Super Talk, And uh, I said, now, you know, that's, I'm retired from my career job, my first career at least. Really, what did you do? And I told her I was in the IT business. I started a company at age 28 and sold that company after 33 years in 2019. She said, well, I'm 24. Do you think it's too late for me? I said, well, of course not. Put your dreams into action. You can do and be anything you want. You've got to be willing to sacrifice. Take a little risk. Have a good plan. Make sure that the market is receptive to whatever it is you intend to provide. And you will be rewarded, I promise. She said, yeah, but 33 years, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, it is a long time. And that's not to say you can't achieve some sort of financial reward in a much shorter period of time than that, but you better have a dang good idea that's going to get a lot of people to embrace and pay you for it. Simple as that. That is what is is opportunity all about. That's what it's all about.
3: That reminds me a little bit of a rabbit hole I went down uh, over the weekend. I found a YouTube channel where this guy collects these oddities and knickknacks and little illusions and magic tricks. But every single video I saw reminded me of something I saw as a kid walking around a flea market where someone had a table of these things. Like one of them was, if you remember, the flower with the shades on it. It's plastic. And when it hears music, it dances. Yep. That kind of stuff. Yeah. People that have those kind of ideas believe they're going to make this gazillion dollars. Sure. It's all about what the market will give you. Right. Because those things started with great goals and great ideas, and then my introduction to them was as a table of tchotchkes at a flea market.
2: Yep. Exactly. So, the point is, when government stays the heck out of the way, the animal spirits of individuals are unleashed, and they do amazing things. When government gets in the way in the name of equality, we've got to make it equal. You can't possibly go come up with a great idea, take a bunch of risk, work your rear off, provide enormous societal value, and get rewarded for it. We can't let that happen. You might get ahead of somebody else who's not willing to do that. And guess what? I can't explain it, but we weren't all blessed with the same skills and capabilities Get over it. It's just how it is. I've said it many times. I will never be able to play professional golf. I love golf. So does that mean we ought to go cut the hands off all the golfers so that I can compete with them? That's what government intends to do. I heard this morning, we got to raise taxes on those greedy corporations because, well, it's just the right thing to do. What do you mean it's the right thing to do? What's right about that? Can't let them get ahead. That's crazy. They get mad because, and I've explained this before, certain companies produce a a book profit, but for tax purposes, either they break even or a slight profit, sometimes even a loss. That's because they're making enormous investments in capital equipment that are fully deductible in the year of purchase. That's why they end up with no tax liability. All they're doing is deferring it, by the way. I've explained that before. They're not eliminating it or avoiding it. They're just deferring it because they're not going to get the benefit of depreciation down the road. That's the way it works. Now, you want to eliminate that so-called loophole? Great. Then they'll buy less stuff. And when they buy less stuff, then the companies they buy it for don't sell as much. And when they don't sell as much, they don't hire as many people. And they don't pay any taxes, because they don't produce as much profit. Have a dang clue, people. This is how it works. They just don't want to get into those weeds. And unfortunately, our Republican leadership, they won't explain it the way I just did either. I'm not sure they understand. We got to tax them. Because you know we got to achieve equality through taxation. That's not the purpose of taxes. Taxes are designed to level the economic playing field. So that you don't get ahead of that person because you produce more for society than they did. That's not the purpose of taxes. The constitutional purpose of taxes, if you could even call them constitutional, are simply to raise the revenue required to fund the constitutional appropriate functions of government, period. It's not a cudgel, a tool, a weapon to level the playing field and eliminate inequality. We just take more from them and give it to them, well, we're more equal. That's what you have in communist countries. Mike in Gulfport says, on this station this morning, one of the news segments stated 60% of Americans, yeah, we're talking about the poll. Yeah, Mike, we we were just talking about that. So look, folks, I'm telling you. And I know even Rhino disagrees with me a little bit. I don't know if it's 60, but let's face it. Trump lost in the popular vote both times. He won the electoral, and we could argue about whether or not it was fraudulent, but let's say 2016. I've never heard anybody say on either side of the aisle, except the goofy Democrats that tried to claim Russia interfered. Russia, you know, they got Trump elected. But from a popular vote perspective, not an electoral vote perspective, he lost $4.5 million in 16 to a terrible candidate, arguably worse than Biden, in Hillary Clinton. So let's say that he truly won the electoral vote and there was all kinds of voting anomalies and irregularities that should have been addressed, thus he would have won in 20. Fact is, he still would have lost the popular vote. Most people still support this garbage coming from Biden and the Democrats. That's just a fact. And I feel like, to a great extent, we are failing We are failing in getting the message out, especially to young people, on why a free market, capitalistic economy is far superior and has done more for people on this planet than alternatives. We've got to do a better job. Of explaining that and persuading them of that. Because right now, our schools are indoctrinating them to this socialism nonsense. Thus, we bump out of the segment with Get Over It. We'll be right back. Final segment of the first hour coming up.
12: Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's Handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from ten till noon.
10: Join the American Heart Association for the 2021 Heart Ball digital experience on Thursday, April 8th. Experience all the fun from home and help in the fight against heart disease.
16: Register at
10: event.gives/jxnheartball.
14: Bridge Bridge Builders.
11: This is the opening agri market report. The opening of the New York Cotton Exchange May Cotton was up one hundred twenty-nine to seventy-nine twenty-four. July cotton was up one hundred twenty-nine to eighty fifty-six. The opening of the Chicago Board of Trade May soybeans were up nine and a quarter to fourteen eleven and a quarter per bushel. July soybeans were up eight and a half to fourteen oh five and a quarter per bushel. May Corn. Was down two cents to five fifty seven and three quarters per bushel. July corn was down one and a half to five forty three and three quarters per bushel. At the mercantile, June live cattle is up one thirty two to one twenty three eighty seven. August live cattle is up one seventeen to one twenty two seventy. May feeders up two forty two to one fifty one sixty five. August feeders up two thirty five to one sixty thirty five. And at this hour, Dow Jones is up three hundred fifty seven points, thirty three thousand five ten. I'm Dixon Williams of this is a Supertalk Mississippi Agri News Network.
9: Well, if you ask me, there's only one way to handle agribusiness insurance.
14: It's got to be personal. You know, the way Triangle Insurance does it. They make a point to come visit my business and do an annual risk assessment every year. And they make sure everything's
16: covered correctly.
14: Yeah, an email can't see what you're going through, right?
4: It's got to be face-to-face. Triangle Insurance. We write agribusiness insurance right. To learn more, call 800-894-5020.
12: This is Ben Shapiro reminding you to listen to the Ben Shapiro show weekday night starting at 9 p.m. here on 97.3 Super Talk Jackson.
16: Properly set all controls before recording. All
0: systems go now, now, now back to the JT show with Gerard Gibbert and Rhino on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi.
2: Welcome back, everyone, to the J.T. Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the studio, thanks so much uh, for joining us today. So, yeah, just, every, uh, this is from J.D. and Brookhaven, excuse me. Everyone gets a trophy method, yep. Exactly. I'm delivering a lot of sh- that short-term gratification today, as a matter of fact, that from Tom and Carthage. <laughs> You go, Tom. (laughs) Carolyn Starkville, like a communist country, you said, where do you think the Democrats are headed to a communist style of government? You know, any time I even suggest that to my friends on the left, uh, they, they bristle. They get pretty fired up about that. So, at a minimum, social. So the difference between... In general, socialism and communism is socialism is just central planning of the government. I'm excuse me of the economy, d- the determination of the means and quantity of the production of goods and services. That's that's more consistent with the classic definition of socialism. Whereas in communism... Yeah, the government
3: tells you what you can make on it, how many you can make, what you can sell it for, how much it will cost to the consumer, but they don't actually directly control it. Whereas communism, unless I'm wrong, is government just goes, no, your factory is now
2: my factory, and you're still going to work here. Even in socialism now, that can be a tenant of it which is nationalization the key difference is the lack of private property rights so in a co- in a communist society no one for the most part owns any property that's the goal and if government wants to come in and seize it they just do uh, a more classic example of socialism would be what happened in Venezuela which of course failed miserably but you recall It was a vibrant, thriving country from an economic perspective, had a fantastic oil and gas industry, and the government came in, was it old Hugo Chavez, right? He comes in and says, nope, we're taking over the oil and gas industry, and they ran it into the ground. And then they nationalized the banking financial industry, and they ran it into the ground. And to a great extent, if you look at this infrastructure plan, again, that just sounds so noble. Who's against infrastructure? But when you dig underneath the covers of this $2 trillion, $2.2 trillion boondoggle, so much of it ain't about infrastructure. But what's more disturbing or most disturbing about that piece of legislation and that plan is the extent to which the government involves itself in the private sector. They are currently, they being the Democrats as part of this plan, are currently, for example, seeking a law legislation which would allow and overturn laws in states allowing municipal governments to provide Internet services and telecom services, thus crowding out and displacing the private sector. So you say, well, that'd be great because, you know, maybe my Internet will go down if they did that. What if your industry's next and the government steps in and says, I'm taking yours over, too? We're in the food industry. We're in the car industry. We're in the manufacturing industry. Just pick it. We're in the distribution industry. We're just going to take all that over, all run operated by the government. And then what happens is innovation comes to a standstill. Nobody cares about innovating.
3: Why? Was the post office working on overnight? (laughs) Were Were they just keeping that for a rainy day at their board meetings? No. They had to respond to private sector businesses coming up with their own infrastructure and ability to do it.
2: Which is totally crazy. Yet they, for the most part, prohibit the private sector from en- engaging in the services that they provide. So the most disturbing aspect of this, this $2 trillion deal is not the amount of money being spent or even how it will be funded, if it would be funded, It's just the fact that government gets more involved in what are traditional private sector economic activity. That's what bothers me more than anything, and that's something to keep in mind. The first hour is complete here on the JT Show on this Monday. When we come back after the news, we've got Senator John Horn in the studio. We'll talk about the... uh, 2021 legislative session and what he thinks about the next one stay with us we'll be right back
0: you're listening to wfmn flora jackson super talk mississippi powered by your tree professionals at barone's tree pros 601-345-8090
17: news. I'm Lillian Wu, the head of the CDC, sounding the alarm over an increase nationally in COVID cases. They're seeing this occur predominantly in younger adults.
7: This is why you've heard me so clearly share my concern. We know that these increases are due in part to more highly
17: transmissible variants, which we are very closely monitoring. Director Rochelle Walensky also sharing good news, saying some 18 and a half percent of Americans are Fully vaccinated. And President Biden's proposed infrastructure plan could face delays. President
13: Biden is under pressure to strengthen environmental regulations that former President Trump weakened, but that could be a potential roadblock for the infra- infrastructure renaissance that Biden has planned to repair roads and build up bridges.
17: Fox's Hillary Vaughn, America's listening to Fox News.
7: 86% of women feel that ring style is the most important factor. So don't settle for some
16: common ring design. Announcing Juniker Jewelry's engagement and wedding ring bridal show Friday and Saturday, April 9th and 10th with 10 times the selection all in one store.
0: Whether it's your first engagement ring, you want to upgrade or restyle your diamond in an exciting new ring. Come shop over 3,000 engagement ring styles. We've flown in at our top designer with their entire collection. Maybe it's time to upgrade that diamond. Listen to this. One and a half carat diamonds from just $5,000.
7: Two carat diamonds from just $7,500. And three
0: carat diamonds from $15,500. We even have 12 months interest-free financing for qualified buyers. Engage, upgrade, or restyle your ring at Juniker's Engagement and Wedding Ring Bridal Show. Two big days, April 9th and 10th. Come get the ring you've always dreamed of.
16: Juniker Jewelry, Mississippi's direct diamond importer. 1485 Highland Colony Parkway in Madison and JunikerJewelry.com.
7: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The polls open at 7 tomorrow morning for municipal primary elections. Secretary of State Michael Watson has a few reminders.
4: Make sure you take your ID. And if you're not sure where you're going to go vote, please call your municipal clerks to make sure you understand which poll location you're to show up at.
7: Internet service is important today as electricity was in the 30s. That's why Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley chose to sign the final approvals for 90 1.3 million in rural digital opportunity funds over on the same spot where President Roosevelt announced Tupelo as the first TVA city.
18: We're going to be doing events like this in Greenwood on Wednesday, Columbus also on Wednesday at Four County Electric and Delta Electric and then down uh, at East Mississippi uh, Electric
7: on Friday. That money will bring broadband to over 42,000 homes and businesses. I'm Kelly Bennett. Um. This week, President Biden unveiled his nearly $2 trillion infrastructure plan. Governor Tate Reeves told CNN's Jake Tapper the proposal could pose several problems.
18: That's going to lead to significant challenges in our economy. It's going to lead to a slowing GDP. It's going to lead to Americans losing significant numbers of jobs.
7: He says the plan is more like the new Green Deal than anything else.
18: This plan spends $110 billion on roads and bridges and spends more than that on the combination of Amtrak and public transit it. spends $100 billion on clean water, which Mississippi could certainly use, but it spends more than that on subsidizing electric vehicles.
7: Another Monday with under 100 new cases of COVID. The latest report of 70 new cases from the
1: Department of Health brings Mississippi's total up to over 306,100. Overall hospitalizations remain below 200, and the number of active outbreaks in long-term care facilities has dropped to 15. I'm Kelly Bennett.
10: Seaspire 5G. We're building a fast, powerful 5G network to bring you faster phones. You heard right. C Spire 5G. Phones. Faster. Saying it anymore would be... Seaspire 5G. Faster phones. No bull. For a limited time, get our best 5G phone free with trade-in.
13: If you're an employer and need workers fast, be a part of the Million Dollar Job Fair in Biloxi, April 14th at Edgewater Mall. This is the most heavily promoted job fair of its kind, with limited space still available. If you need workers, email jobfair at supertalk.fm. That's jobfair at supertalk.fm. Join other premier businesses who are already registered. The Million Dollar Job Fair is coming April 14th to Biloxi. So don't wait as available space is limited at jobfair at supertalk.fm.
9: All the folks in the capital city metro area, love to have you join me tomorrow morning, six till nine, Gallo Show. We'll start your day the informed way. Super Talk, Mississippi 97.3.
0: Who are you? Welcome to Real Talk for Real Mississippians. Okay, let's begin. Welcome to the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert.
2: Welcome back, everyone. The JT Show continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Gerard and Rhino in the studio. And uh, joining us now, our good friend, Senator John Horn. Morning, Senator. Good morning, Gerard. So great to have you in the studio today, all fresh from a uh, sunny died session <laughs> in in April.
19: Either fresh or stale. Check your pick. <laughs> I got
2: you. I got you. So, you know... It didn't seem to be a uh, a very eventful session. I mean, it's hard to look back and say, well, yeah, these were some really big milestones that mm-hmm. were achieved from a legislative perspective. And some would argue well, that's good they they didn't go down there and do a whole lot of stuff, but from your perspective, sir, what what do you think? What do you uh, remember?
19: Well, you know, it may be another couple of weeks before you're able to process it all. But if I were to say, um, if I were to pick four issues that I think uh, had some impact in the session, whether they got accomplished or not, it would be the Jackson water crisis. Mm -hmm. The uh, speaker's tax overhaul would Mm -hmm. be another. Uh, The... um, Uh, Attention to, or lack thereof, um, of the expansion of Medicaid. Uh, And then the the fourth one, uh, I would say um, the criminal justice reform bill that that did get through, but uh, we'll see if the governor signs it. What do you think about that? Do you think the governor's going to sign it? Well, uh the the proponents of the bill said that they had been working hand in glove with law enforcement with the DA's and with the governor's office and that they had reached uh some understanding about what uh what would be in the bill. And so we passed the bill the House and Senate and we sent it to the governor's uh desk and uh we then started hearing rumors that he probably is going to veto it. So yeah. we don't we don't know for sure.
2: Yeah, and uh, and it's uh He's not tipped his, his hand there. Yeah. Uh, on,
19: on where I, I he stands. Think a lot of it will be how many phone calls he gets from prosecutors, DAs, and sheriff's offices.
2: Yeah, and the the primary, I think, uh, aspect of that legislation is just allowing folks uh, that are incarcerated. For nonviolent offenses, if they if they have been sentenced to life, they at least have some opportunity for parole doesn't mean they're released doesn't
19: mean they're guaranteed to be every every last one of them would have to go before
2: the parole board. Right. And so you've got to trust and rely on the parole board to. Take all the information into account, and, and uh, in, in this case, given that they are nonviolent crimes, there really shouldn 't be any victims involved that you would be accountable to.
19: well, you have some violent crimes that uh, have have automatic parole hearings already okay, and so uh, this doesn 't change any of that. They, they still would have an opportunity but but as you say, for a lot of nonviolent offenders. Uh, there is that opportunity.
2: Yeah. And it costs a lot of money to keep yep. them locked up. Yep. Yep. And we're we're so we're short on space, but most importantly we're short on resources. And and of course Commissioner Kane is doing everything he can to kind of solve that problem.
19: Well uh, and Mississippi has some issues especially at at Parchman. Yeah. Uh the living conditions up there are, are in pretty bad shape in a lot of the units there. Uh, we don't want to do and go down the road of, of Alabama, right? Uh, which wound up having the U.S. Department of Justice come in and force them to spend right at a billion dollars making improvements to their correction system. I don't know that Mississippi can afford a billion dollars to go towards that, but we certainly don't want the federal government coming in and demanding that we do.
2: Yeah. Well, that kind of makes me think about this $1.8 billion that is coming our way from the recently enacted uh, coronavirus relief bill, the aka the American Rescue Plan, at the federal level. Mm-hmm. So we've got a big chunk of money coming our way. you think that might be a good use of some of that money, Senator? Well,
19: certainly some of it, but we don't even have the, the rules and guidelines yeah. on how the money can be spent just yet. So we're going to have to wait for that to come down the pike. Uh, But certainly, we ought to be able to dedicate a couple hundred million to that from that $1.8
2: Yeah. Well, you're right that the the rules, I think the more specific, detailed guidelines are still being drafted. There's some high-level rules that are expressed in the, or or use of the money that, in how it's restricted in the legislation itself. But... As you know, the final guidance down in the yeah, comes down, The uh, could certainly make that. Well, it's necessary to start appropriating money, so we'll see where that goes. But So that perhaps means that we might be back in a special session.
19: What do you think? I, I don't know. Um, some of the thinking of on, on our side is that, look, we've got more than enough in that last tranche yeah. that was signed by President Trump in December yep. to get us through 20 the rest of 2021 and we may be able to to wait until we come back in january to start dealing with the 1.8 billion yeah uh there's some some desire i think to do that uh but um you never know what the governor's going to do, but the, on, on, the only way we can come back is if the governor calls us back right, right now, because we signed a diet last week.
2: Right, and the difference in in this relative to the CARES Act, which we can't forget about that, and how yeah. that became a matter of contention between the governor's office and the legislature, certainly the speaker. Uh, is that there's not a deadline on this one, the way that one right. was, we, where you we, had we've to have that.
19: A uh, l- little over three years, yeah. to spend the 1.8 billion.
2: So the sense of urgency is not quite right. as strong as it was uh, with uh, that 1.2 billion that was sent our way. So. We also got a a teacher pay raise through, I assume. Did you support that, I did.
19: I did. um, $1,000 for teachers and teacher's aides, and then $1,100 for new or recently hired teachers.
2: And was there also not some legislation that would have increased pay for other state employees as well, outside of teachers?
19: Yeah, we did do that, uh, although not as much. Um, We provided pay increases for, potentially for, uh, IHL workers and community and junior college workers. And then for state workers, the increase can be anywhere from one to five percent, depending on what the executive directors of those agencies want to do. Uh, but, uh, we don't start that until January of next year.
2: Deliberating the legislation or or starting the actual raises well, themselves? Well,
19: the, the state workers is not till January of next year, uh, and what we wanted to do, the state personnel board is currently doing a an evaluation and analysis of the rates we're paying workers now, okay. and okay. we wanted to give them a chance to get that in place before the, the uh, um, state workers' pay increases will begin.
2: Okay, but no legislation has been signed into law to do that at this point, to increase? or
19: Not right? as of yet. Okay. Uh, I think the governor uh, is, um, that's on his desk, and so we, okay. we, don't, we don't have any reason to believe that he won't sign it.
2: Okay, so if he signs it, then state workers would get a raise. Other than teachers, this would be a separate matter.
19: It's three three separate matters. Uh, IHL and community college workers, okay. state workers, and teachers. Gotcha,
2: all right, so that, yeah which are typically um, organized and, I guess, managed by State Personnel Board separately as well, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why that works that way.
19: Right, right. So all of the, um, the the pay increases for state workers are only those state workers that fall under the State Personnel Board. Okay.
2: Got you. That, make, that makes sense. And there's some yeah. state workers that are not under the purview of the State Personnel Board?
19: Yeah, like college workers ITL okay. workers
2: I- I'm with you so that's why that's got to be handled separately yes. outside of the person. okay that makes sense want to make sure that was understood and clarified appreciate that that uh, clarification so all right so we got that through and uh, once again Medicaid expansion didn't didn't really get any traction. Uh, though there are some incentives coming down the pike in the recently enacted American Rescue Plan. Right, right. So um, what do you Mississippi
19: is one of, of, of 12 states that is a holdout state. They're called yeah. holdout states from expansion of Medicaid. We've got about 300,000 working poor who are eligible. Uh, and what uh, on our side, the uh, chairman of Medicaid is saying, is that he wants, in concert with our Public Health and Welfare Committee, to hold hearings over the summer to look at ways that we can improve health care in the state. So it's not a, a just about Medicaid expansion. It's about the certificate of need program for nursing homes, for sure. example, or or other issues that, that impact state, uh, state, work, state um, citizens' health that don't have anything to do with Medicaid. But, of course, Medicaid is going to be one of the big issues to be discussed as well.
2: Yeah, and, and so, you know, the, does it doesn't seem like there's... An appetite for that, in a broad sense, in the legislature and in the governor. It's going to
19: be dicey, uh, Gerard. Um, you know, the governor has been pretty consistent with his position. The speaker yep. has been pretty consistent with his position. So, uh, we'll we'll see. But yeah. but they have some some pretty good inducements to help rural hospitals, uh, as well as to provide um, other kinds of, of of care in the state. That might and, and over gotcha. the next two years. The state could stand to get about six hundred million dollars of money that's that's not coming in right wow. now. Wow,
2: we got a break. Can you stay with us? Sure. We got Senator John Horn, our guest in the studio on the JT Show. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Solander. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today's sunny skies, high near 78. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 53. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 81. Tuesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 62. Wednesday, 40% chance of rain, high near 82. And for Thursday, 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. This weather forecast has been brought to you by our friends at RJ's Outboard Sales and Service at 1208 Old Fannin Road. RJ's Outboard Sales and Service, your Yamaha Outboard Dealer in Brandon.
20: Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents Limo, Limo. and Doug
15: Okay, class, let's bump it up to
12: nine! Come on, Limu, keep peddling. We gotta build our endurance to let more people know that Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Pick up the pace, bird legs! Hey, don't talk to Limu like that! I'm not, I'm talking to you!
15: Liberty, 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 Liberty
12: Get a customized quote at libertymutual.com.
10: Join the American Heart Association for the 2021 Heart Ball Digital Experience on Thursday, April 8th. Experience all the fun from home and help in the fight against heart disease. Register at event.gives slash JXN Heart
17: The new degree of
21: comfort.
20: If your vehicle is ever damaged in a collision, please listen carefully. body shop shouldn't you choose them for your repair clinton body shop in clinton and richland certified by the company that made your car to repair your car with oem factory parts Go to ClintonBodyShop.com. It's about your family's safety and your car's value. That's ClintonBodyShop.com.
11: Hi, this is Dale Danks with Danks, Miller & Corey. With more than 100 years of combined experience, we have the expertise to handle even the most complicated matters. When you need a lawyer to fight for you, don't compromise. Contact us online at DanksMillerCorey.com.
9: Hello, here with a special invitation to join us weekday morning, six to nine. Breaking news, quick shots, analysis—all right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
0: Come on, come on! You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. All right, we are back on Super Talk Mississippi. Now here's more. <laughs>
2: Welcome back. The JT Show continues on Super Talk Mississippi. We've got uh, Senator John Horn is our guest in the studio. So, Senator, we touched just briefly on the water situation in the city of Jackson. Who could forget just a couple of months ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, many residents in the city without water service for an extended period of time when the weather came through and that wreaked havoc on the system, but just seemed like it took a long time to fix that. Yeah. This isn't anything new. This has been a problem for years.
19: A lot of deferred maintenance, a lot of, of um, uh, lack of resources, a lot of um, not proper planning, in my opinion, Right. and f- about 40,000 <clears> ratepayers were without water for about three weeks. Mm. Uh, it just doesn't make sense in in 2021 that that would be the case, but it is the case. Uh, the f- feeling is that uh, it's going to take anywhere from $1.5 to maybe as much as $2 billion really? to fix this system. $2
2: billion? It, it's,
19: it's, it, the, the deferral of the maintenance has really created this, this monster. Right. And so mm. um, uh, I think that the only way we're going to get the city out of this, this mess is with a lot of help from the federal government. Maybe uh, the state can can step up and, and do a little bit more. Right. You mentioned the $1.8 billion. Uh, there's also $166 million that comes from, from Treasury for capital projects. And on our side, we've had some discussion about creating a fund for all of those communities that were impacted by the ice storm to deal with that uh, when we come back. Uh, And, of course, the capital cities should get a large chunk of that um, because it had more more issues to deal with than anybody else. But uh, we're going to have to look to FEMA, uh, to EPA, uh, EDA, the Economic Development Administration, HUD, uh, and Treasury. And all of them have... Um, disaster recovery funds, if there's a federal declaration that's been declared, okay. But you got to go get the money. I in most you. cases, it's not going to just just rain down from heaven. Sure, you, you have to go up and make make your case.
2: Well, I was thinking that this, as uh, part of the American Rescue Plan, as you know, there are allocations of money down to the county and
19: city mm-hmm. level as well the yeah, municipal the, the level the city gets 47 million 47 million, million. that don't sound like a drop in, in the 45. bucket <laughs> when well, yeah, you got really 2 can't. billion yep yeah. yeah but um but uh, 90 some odd million dollars is a good start for uh, you know you can't spend a billion dollars in one year uh so uh we, the part of the thinking because we, we this the legislature provided the city with 3 million out of our capital expense fund to help uh, with with the water issue, and so with the forty seven and the forty five, those are good starts. Plus FEMA, once the federal declaration is made, money will start to flow from FEMA as well.
2: Yeah, and you've got a race for uh, the municipal races, a race for mayor. You've got a primary tomorrow,
19: yep. Uh, right? Uh, yep, that's right, On April sixth.
2: Yeah, so uh, you just wonder. That just seems to be the number one problem in the capital city and i and I personally believe that the issues in the capital city, they affect all of us. They mm-hmm. affect the entire state. So it's not in our best interest, even those of us that don't live in the capital city. Again, as you know, we have a statewide audience. It it uh, it affects all of us.
19: Yeah, um, I, I would maybe flip a coin one way or, one way or the other on the um, the infrastructure being the number one issue versus crime. We've got to get true. this crime under control uh, in the pandemic, and all, all over the country we saw spikes in crime, yeah. but I don't know if we've seen anything like this in the, uh, what, what we're seeing in Jackson, uh, relatively speaking, anywhere else in the country.
2: Yeah, and I know you have uh, a radio show that uh, airs uh, every week, and you speak directly to your constituents. That's mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. kind of the purpose of your show. I've, I've been honored to be a guest on your show, talking about the lottery before. What are you hearing from your constituents uh, as you represent many people in the Jackson area? There?
19: Well, uh, folks are just sick and and tired. They're they're disgusted with the way things are going in the, in the city. There's too much deterioration and not enough rejuvenation. Yeah, that's going on. And uh, just over this weekend, um, a bunch of faith-based leaders came together to uh, uh, really strike out about the crime yeah. and and the fact that we're we're at about thirty-six murders. Uh, unbelievable in, in jackson already in this this new year, so uh the way we 're headed we're, we're going to break the record that we set last year, which broke the record that we 've ever had right um, h- higher rates than we 've ever had, and so um, the 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 criminal uh, element is is um Footloose and fancy free in Jackson right now, and there's not enough resources being applied to the police department. Not enough personnel on the, on the streets. You you pay a guy twenty seven thousand dollars a year and you expect him to strap on a six shooter or a nine millimeter to go fight crime, and it just doesn't happen. Yeah,
2: it's, and, and and everything's related. There, yeah. everything's linked. You you can't. You, you need to grow the economy and expand the economy and certainly expand economic opportunity in order to address the crime, and to a great you know, extent, the infrastructure as well. And you can't expand the economy unless you get rid of the crime and the infras- right. fix the
19: infrastructure. And, and here's the crazy part. You know, we had a, a shooting over at Walmart the other day. And I, I, I keep wondering in the back of my mind how much Walmart is going to take before they pack up their bags and go. Well, the city of Jackson only has one Walmart in in the entire city.
2: Is that on 18? Uh, on
19: 18, yeah, yeah, you know? and and so. Um, we have not enough um, income and too much outgo, both in terms of, of money but also in terms of personnel. Wow. But nobody is tracking how much business the city of Jackson is losing uh, just because of these infrastructure issues, this c- uh, crime issue. Uh, we, we, I don't know if anybody is really, really, really tracking it, but you can see it. Uh, with the deterioration all around the city, except in some some key spots.
2: Well, that's a good point, because that would be a blow to the city if yeah. uh, the only Walmart left town. Yep, that would yep. be a good deal down there on, on Highway 18. Uh, let's talk a, a little bit about this this uh, Initiative 65. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had a bill and, and, uh, in the Senate and sent over to the House, and it was kind of designed to... Uh, to be enacted uh, and would take effect in the event the Supreme Court strikes down the uh, the case and finds in favor of the defendant in the case right. that was filed uh, to uh, essentially void Initiative sixty five.
19: Right, and and um, except for a taxing feature, uh, the the Senate bill uh, was pretty pretty close to Initiative sixty five. So when it got over to the House. The house took exception to the fact that the legislation was there, but as, and they killed it. And but um, we took another bill that had the Jermaine code sections in it and inserted sixty five, uh, just sixty five, essentially, 65, yeah. essentially in, in, <laughs> in that bill, and it still died. <laughs> so if the court on April fourteenth strikes down uh, the initiative and and uh, Mayor Butler prevails. Then we're left with nothing. You're back to the drawing boards. But I think that that the mood of the legislature may have changed in the last year or so uh, in in terms of embracing the idea. Most doctors do see some medical efficacy to the use of medical marijuana to treat certain ailments. Uh, So I think that we might bring it back. But um, uh, we'll see what happens with, with uh, what the Supreme Court does.
2: Yeah, and in the meantime, there's an industry out there that's waiting to to uh, jump into action and crank up. Yeah. And they're just on hold right yeah. now. Yeah,
19: the rules and regs that the State Department of Health is putting together uh, are set to come out maybe toward the end of this month, first part of May. Yeah. But I think everybody's waiting for April 14th.
2: Wow, what a crazy deal. So, you know, I just wonder if the Supreme Court does in fact rule in favor of the plaintiff if that might prompt the Governor to call a special session to to pick up and implement the wishes of the people mm-hmm. that spoke in November at the polls
19: mm-hmm. uh, That's a good point uh, he very well made because that was a strong vote yeah. uh, of of the you know popular vote uh, to say we want this in Mississippi.
2: Yeah, so we'll seventy see. plus percent. Yeah, I believe seventy-two
19: percent. Yeah.
2: So, what what are some of your uh, now that twenty-one is effectively over from a legislative perspective, and as you know, twenty-two is not far out. It always seems to get on us quicker than than we think. And in the meantime, you guys are planning. You're thinking mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. your agenda for next year. What are some of your priorities, Senator?
19: Well, uh, Commerce Park Connector Road it was was um, my biggest uh, objective in this session, and it'll continue to be uh, what this is, is would be the development of a frontage road that parallels from, from Ridgeland at, at uh, Lake Harbor with parallel I-55 yeah. and go down to 220 and parallel it and hook up eventually with Howland Colony Parkway. Kay. I think that uh, all sorts of development could happen. If we we're able to put that road through,
2: I've seen that as well. I think Mayor McGee of yeah. Ridgeland is yeah. a favor as well. That was, that was that his well. top priority, yeah. also, exactly.
19: and it was mine as well. And we were able to get two million this year, and, and it's a twenty-one million dollar project. So more work to be done.
2: We got just a couple of seconds before we go. Uh, tax reform, uh, the speaker's tax reform bill. Do you support that, Senator?
19: I've never had a chance to support it. It, it. it never was assigned to a committee, nor was it was it um, considered seriously on the Senate side. Yeah um i agree that fundamentally that funds, i guess i am yeah it funds well uh, fundamentally a couple seconds I, I think we got to study it a little bit more okay. than what we did
2: fair enough senator john horn has been our guest thanks so much for coming in today senator. thanks Rob. Appreciate yep. you always good to see you we'll be right back stay with us
9: Find new roads.
4: Hi, this is Mark Shapley of MM Shapley Steakhouse. This past year, we were fortunate to see many new faces and reacquaint with old friends, and I believe I know why. Being from the
19: Mississippi Delta, we learned how to entertain while creating a comfortable home environment, and that's MM Shapley's specialty. MM Shapley's is your place for award winning steaks and homemade tamales. M.M. Shapley's, real, authentic, welcoming, fine dining. For reservations, visit mmshapleys.com or call 601-957-8000.
15: You
9: know when reality sets in and you hear those words, we're moving, creates lots of emotions. tour their home sold in just days and for $2,500 over the list price lee garland gives you the options like instant cash offer with no showings no repairs or hassles just cash so after you utter the words we're moving call my friend lee garland of the garland group of exp realty 601-983-1130 and check them out online at lee will buy it.com that's lee
7: I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The polls open at 7 tomorrow morning for municipal primary elections. Secretary of State Michael Watson has a few reminders.
20: Make sure you take your ID. And if you're not sure where you're going
4: to go vote, please call your municipal clerks to make sure you understand which poll location you're to show up at.
7: Internet service is important today as electricity was in the 30s. That's why Public Service Commissioner Brandon Presley chose to sign the final approvals for 91. 1.3 million in Rural Digital Opportunity Funds over on the same spot where President Roosevelt announced Tupelo as the first TVA city.
18: We're going to be doing events like this in Greenwood on Wednesday, Columbus also on Wednesday at Four County Electric and Delta Electric, and then down uh, at East Mississippi uh,
7: Electric on Friday. That money will bring broadband to over 42,000 homes and businesses. I'm Kelly Bennett.
14: Visit Ridgeland presents the Art Wine & Wheels Weekend, April 30th through May 2nd at the Renaissance at Colony Park. Events include Ridgeland Fine Arts Festival, Natchez Trace Century Ride, and a Friday night April 30th kickoff party. Visit ArtWineAndWheels.com Follow Visit Ridgeland on Facebook.
0: Hashtag Visit MS Responsibly. Get the scoop on what happened in college football and what to expect in the NFL each Sunday on Sports Sunday with Michael Borke. Get the story behind the stats 8 to 10 a.m. on Super Talk Mississippi, Supertalk.fm, and watch the show on supertalk.tv You're hearing the JT Show with Gerard Gibbert. Mm. Come on, let's get on with the show Yay. on Super Talk Mississippi. All
2: Everyone, the JT show, Super Talk Mississippi. Give us a call if you'd like. 888 808 8637. The Super Talk call line is open. And are we going to Macomb, Pike County, this Friday? I do believe so.
3: Yeah. It'll We're... be JT show smoking on the tracks on Friday. Join the JT show with guest host Gerard Gibbert. Gerard Gibbert, I'll get your name right. <laughs> I swear. It'll be live on Friday in Pike County as we get ready for the tenth annual Smoking on the Tracks Barbecue Cook-Off in Summit. It'll be great wow. food, live music, and antique car show, and more, benefiting the volunteer fire departments. Wow! So be sure to check out the JT Show on Friday at Smoking on the Tracks, brought to you by Scenic Rivers Development Alliance, Southwest Distributors, Mississippi Ag, and Gigantic Bag.
2: Gonna be very cool. Looking forward to that. So. Hope I won't mess up too bad. This will be my first remote, first remote broadcast. But I'm sure you and well, you primarily. I'm going to be relying on you to guide me through. <laughs> I'll be here. Ought <laughs> to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that. Hope you'll uh, tune in and join us. We got lots of texts coming in here on the C Spire text line. Gonna do what we can to uh, read your your uh, your information and uh, respond let's see they're coming after radio soon that on the C-Spire text line and i assume that is in response to uh, my rant about the government taking over the private sector also i wanted to say this too folks i i meant to lead with this when we came back is senator horn is a friend and uh, and a democrat that that represents a good bit of the jackson area and I just want to say that we may not always align perfectly on policy, but we have a, a positive relationship and uh, a respectful one. I, I, I certainly respect the senator. I feel like he respects me. I've been honored to be on his, uh, on his program. I think it's called Ask John, the Ask John program. And he takes callers, and, and many of which come in from his constituents, and they get pretty fired up. I've been on the program before uh, discussing the, the lottery and the Lottery Corporation and have been honored to be on that program. That's over in Charles Evers. Now, that is an iconic studio over there in West Jackson. Talked about that before. Really cool place. So he, uh, and he's a smart man. And I I just appreciate uh, him coming on the show and, and uh, discussing his views and priorities and I'd like to think that that represents how two folks that are on opposite ends of the political spectrum and who have worldviews that uh, don't perfectly align can just get along in a positive way and, and discuss the issues in a, in a civil manner and work through them. So just want to get that out there, appreciate that. Because sometimes people ask, well, why do you have him on? He's a Democrat. Well, it doesn't matter. We're, we're here to inform and to discuss. And I would also say to the series of of texts we had, Rhino, about who who's taking these polls that shows Biden leading, look, here's what I can here's what I'd say about that. You can either choose to just believe that everybody thinks like you do, the three hundred and twenty million people in this country and totally ignore reality. Or you can take stock in what is, I believe, a hard move to the left in this country. The left's in charge. That's just a fact. We can sit here and bemoan it, and we can say it's crazy, and we can talk about the inaccuracies and the fallacies of the polls, and we can talk about how Biden really wasn't duly elected, etc. But the fact is, that right now, the left is in charge. And there are a whole lot of people that agree and support what they're doing. I encounter them on a daily basis outside of here, not necessarily in Mississippi. A little different. So please don't just assume that everybody in your immediate orbit is like that throughout the country. Uh, They are getting indoctrinated on a daily basis and this idea that government can and will take care of you from cradle to grave and they'll do it economically and in every other aspect of life it's gaining steam and it's disturbing it is very disturbing And I submit it's because we're not doing an effective job of selling the virtues of freedom and free markets. It's not resonating. Maybe it's who we have selling it. Maybe it's because the messaging needs improvement. I don't know. But we got to do better. It shouldn't even be this close. The fact that it's even close is disturbing. It shouldn't be this close. We have a country that's basically half and half, half and half. It shouldn't be. It should be overwhelmingly in favor of freedom and the Constitution and the principles of free markets and free market capitalism. And you know what? That, that involves winners and losers. Some people win, some people lose. It's not the government's job to turn everybody into a winner, but that is a ruse because everybody loses. We achieve equality, all right, and equity equal misery. That's what happens when the government takes over. And that's what bothers me, is that people are embracing this nonsense. This $2.2 trillion so-called infrastructure bill, which has very little, scant little to do with infrastructure, man, that's a concern. It's a concern because it extends the power and the reach and the oppression and the invasion of government. And that's what bothers me. And you know who have become the most powerful lobbyist in this country? The most powerful lobbyists. It's not what you think about. It's not those working for the big lobbying firms that are crowding in the halls of the Capitol and and funding fancy dinners for lawmakers. No. It's corporate CEOs. They're the most powerful lobbyists. Look no further than Major League Baseball. What a joke. Major League Baseball pulls out of Georgia. And guess who gets hurt? The people of Georgia. Been to Cobb County lately? Many of the businesses operated by African Americans. They're the ones that get hurt. It's so stupid. Everything they do hurts the people they portend to care about the most. People need to see that for what it is. Well, in this case, Major League Baseball I question their ability to analyze fairly simple legislation because they called it wrong. The president certainly did with his Jim Crow nonsense. Jim Crow and steroids. Jim Eagle. Right. That's what he said. He nor his handlers, his circle of analysts and policy wonks, they can't read it either. Kudos to Governor Kemp. He came out this weekend and said they're coming at, your, at you next. Your business, your life, your ball game, as he put it, they're coming for you. You've got Major League Baseball. I really had hoped it is the was the last bastion of some semblance of apolitical, rational thought amongst pro sports. But they proved me wrong. That hurt. As an old baseball guy.
3: Well, you can take a little bit of schadenfreude, a little bit of happiness at their misfortune, because they're going to have a tough time finding anywhere to play this game that doesn't have similar restrictions
2: already in place. Oh, more onerous restrictions. Let's let's look at Georgia versus New York. So think about New York. You've got two possible venues there, right? Right there in New York City. Where are you going to go? Well, I mean, it's so here's what will happen. You mark my word. They'll pick some place, and there will be other venues that are located in more liberal, not liberal voting states, more, more liberal states from their political perspective, and they'll get mad at Major League Baseball. You can't win Major League Baseball, I will guarantee you. In Georgia... 17 days of early voting in New York, nine days of early voting. Yet it's Georgia that's trying to keep people from voting. It's racist. And if you just want to, if if you want to summon public support, especially from the left, primarily from the left, if not exclusively, just label something as racist. That'll do it. That'll get you corporate America. That'll get you the left. And that's what happened with Major League Baseball. Oh, Joe Biden says it's racist. we got to move the game. Awful. And I'm going to talk about how silly Delta Airlines is and do a comparison when we come back on their response after this.
8: With the extreme winter weather that we've had all across Mississippi recently, the blood supply is very low. And now it's critical that Mississippi Blood Services gets more blood on the shelves to ensure that we have what Mississippi patients need. Visit MSBlood.com or call 601-368-2673 to find a location near you today. That's MSBlood.com. MSBlood.com.
11: This is the Midday Agri-Market Report. The National Trade Estimates Report on Foreign Trade Barriers issued by the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative covers 61 countries, the European Union, Taiwan, Hong Kong, and the Arab League, with a note that just because countries are not included in the report, it does not mean that they are not of concern to the U.S. Not surprisingly, China occupies 35 pages of the 574-page report with several notations on the Phase One Agreement between the U.S. and China. The report noted, several areas relative to agriculture where progress has been made but still concluded China remains a difficult and unpredictable market for the U.S. agricultural exporters, largely because of inconsistent enforcement of regulations and selective intervention in the market by China's regulatory authorities. The failure of China's regulators routinely follow science-based international standards and guidelines further complicates and impedes the agricultural trade. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Supertalk Mississippi Agri-News Network.
13: Do you want to make more money do you need a high school diploma do you need help fast no problem contact your local community college to learn more about the my best program my best improving the quality of life for mississippians i'm dr andrea mayfield executive director of the mississippi community college board
8: funding for this ad provided by the wk kellogg foundation
0: Yourself with everything you need to take on your day. Wake up with Gallo tomorrow on 97.3 FM, Super Talk Mississippi. You're hearing the JT show with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. They always say what they want, they're open about their opinions, they're not afraid to say what they feel.
2: Okay, I just got to tell you, that's a complete catastrophic attempt at a great Toto tune. That is terrible. That's just terrible. Terrible. Just, they turn into a headbanger music. It's not supposed to be that. Oh, jeez. Where do you find that stuff? The
3: wide world of the internet.
2: <laughs> I hope they paid royalties handsomely for that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to continue on the voting laws real quick. Then I want to talk about Delta, an idea I had on that. Uh, in Georgia, you can vote by mail and absentee without an excuse, meaning you you don't have to uh, certify that you're going to be out of town or or have some conflict on. Actual voting day to qualify to vote absentee in New York. You do in New York and it's not just New York. The president's home state of Delaware. It is far more restrictive in its voting laws than is the state of Georgia. You have to have in Georgia a valid I.D. to vote by mail and in person. New York does not require an I.D., so, it also bans passing out food and water to on to, to anyone in line within 150 feet, but it does allow unattended water receptacles and containers. That's in Georgia. And you can, of course, bring your own water. I don't know how we got to this point where water has become a right of, of voting. In New York...
3: Because dumb people are making arguments instead of actually reading the bill.
2: It's such a fallacy. They're, they're, they're latching on to something that's just completely untrue. Like, people are dehydrating and, and passing out in line. First of all, that's not the well, case. you
3: also just read it within 150 feet. 150 feet, that's right. If the line is so long you're getting dehydrated, I can guarantee it it's longer than 150 feet. No question.
2: And so how about this? In, in New York, it bans they ban passing out food and water unless it's under a dollar in value, and there's no ID for who supplied it. A dollar in value. That, so that's just crazy. Here's the deal. So the Delta Airlines CEO, he's totally woke, and he comes out and he proclaims it's racist and demands that the legislators change the law, right? Right and, and uh, retrade it, redraft a new law. But he, too, did the CEO of Delta. He misinterpreted it, or perhaps he intentionally just told stories about it. I'll just put it that way. To serve a particular purpose. A woke purpose. Well, here's the deal. If the pilots at Delta processed... And responded to information, flight information, as accurately as did the CEO to this law, airplanes would fall out of the sky. I can say that with confidence as an old private pilot. You don't process information accurately, visual information, written information, verbally communicated information, You don't fly an airplane without killing you and somebody else. That's the way I think this CEO, that's how effective and accurately he interpreted the Georgia voting law. That's despicable. You're not qualified to run a company. I think I told you that I've been a subscriber to the Harvard Business Review, who many believe would be far left, and it's not. It's very good information. I've been a subscriber to that publication for years, and I do listen to the podcast. There's some great podcasts from the professors who are not as left-leaning as you think they are. So I tuned into one a couple of months ago, was anxious and interested to hear it from the CEO of Delta. His name escapes me. And within the first two minutes, he says, I'm only here because I'm white. I got this job because I'm a white person. And at that point, I said, well, I don't need to listen anymore. This is nonsense that you even admit that. So I felt at that point I can't learn anything from this guy. I'm more convinced of it now. And then there's, of course, Woca Cola. (laughs) Same jump. It's just crazy. Totally crazy. Oh, my gosh. Well, we are done with the first two hours of the show when we come out. Or come back, I should say. We've got Mississippi Outdoors Radio in the studio. We'll see who we got. We'll talk about the great Mississippi Outdoors. News coming your way. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Listening to WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com.
17: News. I'm Lillian Wu. The physician who pronounced George Floyd dead takes a stand on week two of former officer Derek Chauvin's murder trial. Also testifying, the Minneapolis police chief.
4: Medaria Baradondo fired Derek Chauvin days after George Floyd's death, calling it murder. Last week, we heard from other police officers, including Lieutenant Richard Zimmerman, who testified that Derek Chauvin unnecessarily used deadly force.
17: Fox's Jeff Minasso 100% capacity allowed at the home opener for the Texas Rangers. If it's a sellout,
12: there are expected to be more fans here today than the Super Bowl, the World Series, which took place here, and the
17: Daytona 500. Fox's Grady Trimble, the Texas governor, declining to throw out the ceremonial first pitch, saying it's because of Major League Baseball and the fight over voter integrity laws. America's listening to Fox News.
0: Your window tent headquarters at Auto Trim Designs on Highway 80 in Pearl is now also your best source for the lasting protection of Expel paint protection film. Your car is too precious to fail to protect it from bugs, rocks, and road debris. For more info, go to autotrimdesigns.com. I'm
7: Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The stimulus bill signed by President Biden would give our state around $600 million to expand Medicaid to roughly 300,000 residents. Lawmakers like Sam Mems, who chairs the Public Health Committee, believe that's bad policy.
8: And you have 700,000 on there today, and you're going to add another 300,000, which means you're going to have a third of our population on this. As we know, once you put a population on a benefit, They would never come
7: off. So he says they looked at other ways to improve health care. The Department of Health is reporting a total of 78 variant cases of COVID. 70 of those cases are the U.K. variant with the highest number of cases coming from DeSoto County with 12, followed by nine in Lincoln County. There's only one confirmed case of the South African variant and seven total cases of the two California variants. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
20: Battery power made by steel. From trimmers and mowers to chainsaws and blowers, steel battery tools are exactly what you need to tackle your to-do list. Whether you need to maintain your yard or completely transform your landscape. Shop online for the Steel AK Homeowner Series starting at just one ninety nine ninety nine. dollars 99 Pick up at over 10,000 local steel dealers. Real steel. Find yours at steeldealers.com.
7: Lawmakers doubled the amount of funding for early learning programs in Mississippi for the upcoming fiscal year. Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman explained the impact of investing in Mississippi
5: students. We take that child, we have an economic engine in Mississippi for the next 50 years. For the next half a century, they will prosper. They will be your leaders, they'll be your mayors, your aldermen, your businessmen and women. All of that comes out of
11: education.
7: The overall budget for education grew by over $100 million. We've all missed live music over the past year, especially Mississippi native and Grammy-nominated blues musician Cedric Burnside. He discussed his eagerness to get back on stage while speaking to Supertalk. Mississippi.
24: Things are starting to, you know, get back to normal. So everybody knows we've had some trying and crazy times the last year or so. I'm just grateful to, you know, get back on the road and try to give music to people who who want it and and love it.
13: I'm Kelly Bennett. Twilight Concerts at Renaissance are back live Saturday, April 24th, starring the Almond Bets band. Special sauce. Cooling out,
15: coolin out with her for my lady. Got the special sauce. So That's so what she's my baby.
13: Taznider Hour, Cedric Burnside, The Vamps, and more. It's a full day of music. Presented by Wicked Wheat Brewery for this socially distanced concert. At Colony Park and First Commercial Bank. Tickets are on sale now. Produced by Ratchet Entertainment Group and Ardenland. Tune in to Good Things with me, Rebecca Turner. It's Mississippi's radio happy hour weekdays from two to three p.m. Right here on Super Talk Jackson, ninety-seven point three.
0: You're listening to Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show with guest host Gerard Gibbett. Mississippi Outdoors Radio on the JT Show is presented by the Foundation for Mississippi Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. The Foundation supports projects associated with the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks to protect and preserve Mississippi's wonderful wildlife heritage for generations to come.
2: Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Mississippi Outdoors Radio here on the JT Show, Super Talk Mississippi. Our guest in the studio, Adam Butler, wildlife biologist, and Ryan Jones, fisheries biologist. Uh, Welcome, gentlemen.
22: Thanks for coming in today.
25: Good to be here.
2: Good to be here. All right, so we got some beautiful spring weather going on out here. Yeah. There.
22: Spring has finally sprung, I think, in the Great Mississippi outdoors. So, uh, man, it's been pretty here lately, you know, just driving around down the road, you know, seeing all the Azaleas bloom something. and dogwoods and it's it's been pretty. We've had some these last few days for sure, I mean, we were we've treated to a great Easter weekend.
25: I feel like the last few years we've had like a big storm that came through and knocked
22: a lot of the balloons down you yeah know? but we didn't get that this year maybe that's nice. what it is i don't know it just a seems full full like it, I agree. it seems Longitude. like this year it yeah. has just jumped out at me more than maybe the last few i did not really thought about why but man i agree beautiful it, it for sure has
2: i totally agree and we've got uh my favorite golf event of the year the, the masters going on uh, at augusta georgia and speaking of azaleas it made me think of that because no place on earth it's got more azaleas going on during the, the tournament <laughs> on such a small piece of land than augusta national golf club over i guess there. that's why
22: they probably have it there this week know, just that's exactly right of that. yeah,
2: yeah that's exactly right and uh y- you know that n- not only does it make for for great uh in-person viewing and television viewing when you see the backdrop of the azaleas But they're so meticulous in that that to make them time out to the azaleas, to time them to bloom just at at the optimum time uh, for the tournament, uh, they've been known to throw some heaters. Did you know that Really? Yeah, no, they'll, I didn't. they'll move mobile heaters into the woods and into the the beds of azaleas, especially there on 12 and 13 Amen corn, Corner to make sure they bloom just so perfectly. So if if, if
22: mother nature doesn't do just right, you we're going to override. We're going to get the Pretty much. <laughs> That's crazy. A place much. Yeah. Well, so. you know, one of my favorite things about this time of the year and a lot of a lot of outdoors men and women probably don't even realize it, is the the bird migration going on right now, you know, like yeah. I'm, so I'm I'm you know i always kind of like bracket this a little bit you know i'm a big time hunter and yeah angler and all of that but i do enjoy sort of the non non-consumptive side the non-game side and sure. you know there's a lot of uh little songbirds that use mississippi as a migration corridor that fly across the gulf of mexico like it to, to me it is one of the coolest like wonders of nature that you've got you know hummingbirds for instance you know, they're sitting down there. They spend the winter in, in the Yucatan Peninsula of Mexico or, or South mm. America. And this time of the year, they will fly across the Gulf. And they land here in Mississippi and spend a few days with us and then start migrating north. Some of them go all the way up into Canada and stuff. Hummingbirds. Yeah, hummingbirds do it. All right, so how do they
2: get across the Gulf? Without, don't they have to stop, land somewhere, and eat and that kind <laughs> you of would stuff? You'd think
22: they do it overnight. Usually, they they will, and and so it's not just hummingbirds, but any a lot of those little songbirds, warblers, warblers especially that group, because they they're usually eating insects. So, obviously, if you live in Canada and you eat insects, you, you're not going to do very well in a Canadian <laughs> winter. So they go they go south, and they spend the winter in like Mexico or northern part of uh, South America. Um, and they wait until they get just the right southerly winds, and they kind of know that. And then they they right at dusk take out from there, and they will fly the entire Gulf of Mexico overnight. Really? Usually, yeah. They fly at night. This is interesting. So, uh, a lot of their uh, their body, like their physiology, changes so that yeah. they can make migration and that's not limited to just the, like songbirds and hummingbirds and stuff like any bird that does long distance migration does this where their um like their breast muscles grow bigger for that and then parts of their body that are not really involved with flight like you like their stomach and stuff they actually shrink a little bit because they you know they're trying to optimize weight they want to carry okay. less weight yeah they bulk up with fats and stuff like that and then even like am uh, i'm, I'm I'm Pretty sure I remember reading this somewhere that like cer- certain muscles, like cardiovascular uh, parts of their cardiovascular system, can enlarge a little bit wow. just to make that trip.
2: And and that uh, I guess is to combat the fatigue. That's what gets, hits yeah. my mind. How do they yeah, do yeah. it? How do they keep well, flying?
22: A, it, it it to me, like I said, it's like one of the wonders of nature. And um, they they fly at night to conserve water. So that uh, the the humidity of I the see. air is a little bit higher sure. at night, so they're not as they're you know breathing, they're not losing as much water with their breath because they can't stop, you know.
2: Well, that is totally fascinating.
22: Yeah, my brother used to work offshore for a little while, and he he would tell me that like occasionally, you know, like like if they get a, if <clears throat> if they hit a northerly wind while they're doing this, it's just it doesn't it doesn't you know pan ah, out very well for ah. the little birds, and so a lot of times out there, if they're not quite to shore, they'll like land on some of the oil rigs and stuff yeah. out in the Gulf and so my brother would tell me, Oh yeah, sometimes you wake up and there'll just be birds covering the rig, you know.
2: They figure that out, they're resting, waiting for the winds to change direction
22: yeah. or subside or something. Yeah. So they yeah. can complete the trip. Yeah. But if you're the, like if you're really into birding and, yeah. and a lot of people are, like bird like bird watchers can be really, really intense. This time of the year, you know, we're picking up like like different species come at different times so you wake up and like every day there's a new species of bird there that wasn't there yeah. two days ago and mm-hmm. it's just calling away and there's hundreds of them so, so cool it's neat that's a cool thing about the spring to me is that all that's while all the azaleas are blooming and the dogwoods are blooming and and we got these really pretty days. You've got kind of, to me, what what is one of the most wondrous things of nature in the bird migration is going on at the same time too. And
2: so then, uh, Adam, are a lot of those birds just passing through? They'll stop here for a uh, while some
22: of both. So, so, some of the ones that will stay here and start breeding here and will be with us through the summertime, they're making that trip too. But a lot of them are not going to stay here. They're going a lot further north. You know, like I said, some of them all the way up into Canada, and they're just passing through using mississippi as sort of a landing site and Isn't going north some,
2: and so is that do they are they going further north to i guess prepare for it, escape the heat the that's coming up um, is that, is i reason? don't know that's a good question Food, that,
22: I, you know who knows how that whole yeah. process started eons ago yeah um but it's probably the opposite in that they you know they don't want to spend the winter in those extreme I latitudes got you. i got you if, yeah. Especially if they're like eating insects and stuff yeah. like that, they got to go somewhere. <laughs> That's but it's 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 one of those things. Like I said, I, I always try to point it out to people. Like if I'm hearing, you know, hear hear a, hear a bird that I know, you know, wasn't here a week ago, and tell people, hey, you know, that thing was probably like down in Venezuela like a week ago, and now he's with us. And yeah. and a couple of weeks from now, he very well maybe in Quebec or something.
2: That is amazing. <laughs> yeah, just kind of one of those wonders of nature. Yeah,
22: absolutely. We're, we're springtime
2: blessed with that. All right. What about uh, turkey season? How's uh, that going? We're
22: in the we you know we're in the middle of it. Um, our this year has been you know it's been sort of we talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's been sort of a slow starter late winter, uh, but the the turkey you know the reports I'm hearing are the the turkeys are finally cooperating and they're they're gobbling and they're kind of getting into what we would normally expect them to be in kind of a spring pattern. Um, our our uh, <clears throat> reported harvest through our game check system is is running a little bit behind it's running about 25 percent down from what it has been the last couple of years at this point so we're definitely off and and a lot of people you know are frustrated not hearing a lot of turkeys or seeing a lot of turkeys it's been a tough year yeah but uh, you know that game check app um we're really we're really proud of that um you know for a long time a lot of hunters in the state wanted us to go to some form of a Tagging or a harvest reporting system or something like that. And, um, you know, a lot of other states have done different forms of that, so we were able to look and and take the best and and pick and choose. And um, I've just been really surprised at the number of people who have adopted the the app to Hmm. do that. So if you're... Gerard, if you're a turkey hunter and you take a turkey, you have to report it that day by 10 p.m., and if you're using our app, you just report it right there in the field, even if you don't have cell coverage, you know, it's stores on board and all yeah. that, and, um, you know, I, 10 years ago, mm-hmm. I think I would have thought that technology, or using an app would have been, you know, that's just like a few people might would do that that are like the most tech savvy, but now apparently it's it's such a, use technology that's what everybody does like yeah. eighty some percent of the people who are reporting turkeys are doing it via our app and so it's great um we've gotten some questions about um like for youth or um you know someone like like if, if if an adult's taking a kid what do you do and we in the app you can actually add you know a second person so you create your own profile and then if you're taking a son or daughter that you know might be a youth and don't have their own phone you can kind of add their profile to yours and then switch back and forth if they take a turkey or whatever Whatever. so it's a lot of features in there
2: time for a break right here we'll come right back with mississippi outdoors radio stay with us
4: From the SeabrookPaint.com Weather Center, I'm Bob Sullender. For all your paint and coating needs, go to SeabrookPaint.com. Today's sunny skies, high near 78. Tonight, mostly clear, low around 53. Your Tuesday, sunny skies, high near 81. Tuesday evening, partly cloudy, low around 62. Wednesday, 40% chance of rain, high near 82. And for Thursday, 20% chance of showers, mostly sunny, high near 80 degrees. This weather brought to you by No Drip Roofing and Construction. With rain coming, let us show you what the No Drip difference is all about. No Drip Roofing and Construction. Online at NoDripMS.com.
21: and fun
4: the best made to order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at Fourth and Gold Sports Cafe. The wings, the chicken tenders and bites, fried or grilled, and the best specialty pizzas in the metro. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. 769-208-8283.
14: Realtors and homeowners, listen up. When it's time to buy, sell, or most importantly, move, that's when you call Two Men in a Truck. Let us take the worry out of moving so you can focus on what's important. Visit twomeninatruck.com.
5: 26 years of award-winning selling, servicing, and supporting our customers with legendary XMAR quality. Frederick Sales and Service, the choice in outdoor equipment. Serving Central Mississippi since 1993. Hey,
10: it's Richard Cross. Be sure to catch Sports Talk Mississippi, your new home for the best sports coverage right here in the Magnolia State. Every day from 3 until 6, right here on Super Talk Jackson 97.3.
2: back everyone mississippi outdoors radio on the jt show all right ryan fisheries biologist at the mississippi department of wildlife fisheries and park what's going on with the fishing pretty pretty nice weather to be out there fishing right now it's
25: spawn time you know so you need to be fishing shallow uh here for the next month or so everything's gonna be moving that way if it's not there now uh, I think last week we were talking about it being pretty scattered, but we had a lot of sunshine and, uh, I feel like the shallow is going to be, uh, warmed up enough, get the fish moved in there and start, start spawning process.
2: Yeah. So any big, uh, advanced tournaments and so forth coming up, uh, on the fishing scene that you can think of? Uh,
25: I had, to, I had to go back and review the, the schedule. I know we had a pretty good tournament last, uh, or not this past weekend Weekend before last a media bass tournament that uh, on Ross Barnett that had uh, winning weight was 29 pounds so pretty good and his his biggest fish was 6 6 pounds so basically had about 5-6 pound bass so yeah it's pretty good winning yeah. weight there I don't know if I've ever had a day like that uh, mm-hmm. but Barnett looked pretty good a couple weeks ago uh, so but yeah I mean they're typically this time of year winning weights are more along the lines of 21 22 pounds something like that so mm-hmm. when you get up around 30 it's that's pretty that's a pretty good mark
2: what about the the water levels uh across the rivers and the lakes um what what, is it, what does that look like and how does that affect by the way the fishing
25: well it's really dependent on the water body the specific water body that you're talking about okay you know um like I, we talked about last uh week with the FCRs the flood control reservoirs yeah. uh, you know they they really can fluctuate with their water level and it can really change uh spawning success and recruitment of fish populations and so uh whereas Barnett, it's not like that it's more stable and we get even when they don't if they don't spawn very well we get spawn hmm. you know um and then you're talking about Oxbow lakes that uh, may be flooded from the river or not, uh, and, and that's, you know, you're talking about putting putting water out there on the floodplain and uh, increasing the forage base for those fish to uh, go up there on that floodplain uh, and also be able to spawn in the floodplain, and so it's really different per the type of uh, environment that you. you're talking about.
2: I got you. What about uh, managing your pond this time of year? What do folks that own ponds need to be aware of, and and uh, what sort of action do they need to be taking?
25: Well, a lot of times people people like to uh, fertilize to increase production of their pond, and this is a good time. We we recommend to start fertilizing basically when the water temperatures stabilize around sixty five degrees, and that's about now. Um, now we kind of got that uh, really cold evening weather maybe behind us possibly um, hopefully <laughs> we'll see but uh, bottom line is you want to kind of wait for it to kind of stabilize the 65 degrees your water temperature and uh and then also don't try to fertilize right before a big rain or something like that in, in a small impoundment because you can you know just kind of pushing your fertilizer out so if you know there was a big rain coming you want to kind of wait um another thing is there's you know there's it's not necessary to fertilize like you know some some ponds uh, are just naturally fertile uh, and and so it's not necessary to do it and and I always try to stress to people that they need to be sure that this is something that they're gonna want to do long term because it's it really is a commitment once you start fertilizing you're really growing a fish population that's not natural yeah. I mean you can really grow twice as many fish in a pond, uh, so in in some cases, three times as many fish as you could naturally, uh, just depending on the soil type. So. If you were to fertilize for three or four years uh, consistently and produce that type of fish population and then quit, you're kind of jerking the rug out from underneath the entire system, pulling that base of the food chain away, and you're not providing forage for all those adult fish. And ultimately, you end up just uh killing a lot of adult fish because there's just not enough one to eat. And, in fact, that's uh, some of the ponds that we've... Uh, you know, we provide technical guidance to landowners, and, and a lot of times that'll be... What happened? You know, uh, they've had great fishing for a long, long time. Discontinued fertilization program, and don't know what happened. Hmm. You know, well, that's what happened. You know, I mean, uh, they got uh, all those adult bass uh, need need something to eat. You know, and uh, if if you if you don't provide the forage base for them. Then, uh, yeah, you can you can basically have a huge crash. Hmm. So anyway, you know, and there's an, there's other reasons uh, that you may not want to fertilize as well. Like if you if you don't harvest a lot of fish, you probably shouldn't fertilize. If it's muddy, you shouldn't fertilize because you need sunlight to penetrate. Basically, ultimately, you're trying to get a phytoplankton bloom. You're trying to create a green shade on on the uh, on the palm where that's the base of the food chain. The phytoplankton, the microscopic little plants in the water column and when you have a lot of phytoplankton you end up growing what's called zooplankton which are like those little little bugs flipping around in the water and that's what fish eat when they hatch out of the eggs a translucent little fry when they hatch out of the eggs they're eating zooplankton so if you when they hatch out and they have a buffet of zooplankton out there you know you end up getting a tremendous amount of survival for each and every spawn bass and brown and so you're just growing a lot more fish and the small fish
2: me? One of one of our uh, listeners says, "I've got a green cover on my pond. Maybe duckweed. What can I do to get rid of it?" Right. Should they?
25: Well, typically people. I, when I deal with plant management with people, I always want to properly identify the plant. So I, even if somebody tells me what they have, I want them to send me a picture so got I can properly identify. There's a lot of different types of herbicides a lot of different type of management controls that you can use uh grass carp don't eat everything and i really don't recommend grass carp unless you've got a serious problem because grass carp aren't all or nothing control. you know so you really want some vegetation you know we recommend 15 to 20 percent coverage along the shoreline of vegetation in islands because uh, it's, it's great habitat yeah uh, if it was duckweed we would recommend a uh, die quiet. Uh, herbicide D I Q U A T, and just follow the directions on that chemical label. Uh, to make sure that you don't uh, do anything uh, hurt the fish population or something like that. You know, you want to make sure that you're that you're following those directions on that label. Uh, so, but to get back to where we were with the uh, with fertilizing. Uh, you know, you if it's muddy, like I said, you, you don't want to fertilize if it's muddy because you're not getting sunlight. Penetrating through uh, to get that growth of that phytoplankton because uh, we all know plants need sunlight to grow. So uh, that's that's one reason. Really. If you've already got a bad duckweed problem, don't fertilize. You know you need to control any issues with vegetation before you fertilize because that's makes sense. You're going to grow plants. You know so uh, that's that's one of the things you always need to keep in mind. So,
2: but but first before you treat that, you recommend identify, properly identify, because you could make a big mistake if you use the wrong sort of yeah. pesticide or herbicide, in this case, back to, to treat Right, back it, yeah. to
25: plant management. Yeah, we, like I said, some some vegetation's good. You know, if you've got a thick uh, bloom of, of uh, duckweed on the pond, though, that can be detrimental because you're going to shade out your pond, you know. And so you're not getting that phytoplankton growth underneath that, that uh, colony of, duckweed on the surface so it is good to to treat it in certain scenarios you know a little bit of it's not an issue um but it's best you know wait for a windy day to get it blown over to one side and try to just treat it uh that way
2: yeah uh also we got a question wanting to know on the sea spire text line are the gar spawning spawning yet
25: yeah so they're typically spawning basically when the water temps hit around 70 or so uh most of the time i've seen the activity occurring later in the summer but uh you know that i guess they you know we've got four different species of gar as well so they're all kind of a little bit different and i'm not uh completely sure about temperatures of all four species but we got you know alligator gar spotted gar long nose gar and short nose gar and so all four species are going to behave a little bit differently uh but it's going to be you know in the next couple of weeks and throughout the summer uh long as the water temps are kind of in the right like, 70 70s range
2: yeah uh well it's what is there anything else that's is there are there any fish species that aren't spawning this time of year that this is not when that happens
25: Catfish a little bit later, uh, you know. that kind of coincides with hand grabbing season. Uh, uh, brim are, are are just now. I mean, the the this next full moon will will probably be the real breakout with the brim spawn. Uh, and uh, you know, the like I said, your uh, your catfish are really going to be spawning in June for the most part.
2: A couple of seconds before we go to break here, uh, a listener wants to know about lily pads and how to get rid of them.
25: Right, so there's different types of lily pads too, you know. And, and I mean, there's a type called water shield that's a little bit harder to deal with. So, again, proper identification to make sure that you're doing exactly what you need to do. And so we recommend, uh, you know, contacting your regional biologist. You can go to mdwfp.com okay. and go to... Uh, Right, go to a pond assistance and, and they'll have a there's a map there that shows gotcha. the regions and, and contact your regional biologist for him to correctly identify and give you that technical guidance.
2: We'll be right back. We've got Nicole Smith gonna join us with the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Stay with us on the Mississippi Outdoors Radio.
9: you <laughs>
1: If you're remodeling or building a new home, be sure to tell your contractor to go to Lakeland Fireplaces in Flowood. They have over 25 display units, including Heat & Glow. By the way, there are 19 live burning fireplaces in the showroom. They are the hearth professionals that install and service. Ask about their custom glass doors, gas logs, fireplace accessories, and premium gas grills. It's all at Lakeland Fireplaces, your Heat & Glow dealer on Lakeland Drive in Flowood.
7: I'm Kelly Bennett and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. The stimulus bill signed by President Biden would give our state around six hundred million to expand Medicaid to roughly three hundred thousand residents. Lawmakers like Sam Mems, who chairs the public health committee, believe that's bad policy.
8: And you have seven hundred thousand on there today and you're gonna add another three hundred thousand, which means you're gonna have a third of our population on this. As we know once you put a population on a benefit. They would never come off.
7: So he says they looked at other ways to improve health care. The Department of Health is reporting a total of 78 variant cases of COVID. 70 of those cases are the U.K. variant with the highest number of cases coming from DeSoto County with 12, followed by nine in Lincoln County. There's only one confirmed case of the South African variant and seven total cases of the two California variants. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett.
11: This piece of land allows us to grow row after row of corn, cotton, and soybeans. That's why as a farm family of Mississippi, we do our best to take care of this land. Water conservation, improvements in soil health, and reducing our carbon footprint, all to grow the best products we can. It's just how we do things around here. Providing for our family and yours, the farm families in Mississippi.
0: Whether you're a Rebel, a Bulldog, a Golden Eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, the Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, the Super Talk Eagle Hour, and the Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.
15: Me from
2: the hay. I feel like I've been at a headbanging banging concert here today. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Uh, back on with you. And joining us now, Nicole Smith from the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. Afternoon, Nicole.
23: Oh, hello. Afternoon.
2: Thanks so much for joining us today. So tell us what's going on at the museum these days.
23: So uh, we are getting ready for a new uh, spring event that we're doing called Spring Into Nature. And it's this Saturday from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. And we're going to have lots of uh, fun, outdoorsy things to do in a COVID precautious way. So it's going to be a fun day. We're going to have a geocaching activity. We're going to have a sidewalk chalk obstacle course. We're going to have archery. We're going to have uh, some guided hikes and uh, demonstrations. It's just going to be a beautiful day.
2: Right. So are you expecting uh, a big attendance for that?
23: Well, no. Uh, we are doing timed reservations to keep it uh, kind of a manageable attendance for COVID safety. Yeah. So uh, you know, you go to our website and uh, look at the you know look for the day, and you make your reservation. Let's say you wanted to come right at ten. Well, if if it's already full at ten, it'll let you know the next available time slot, which is like ten thirty, and that's a great thing. You know, we are doing mask everywhere, uh, so that's a good thing too. So we're just kind of keeping it as uh, all the fun and adding some safety to make make it possible to do these great things.
2: Yeah. Um, so what, are there any projects on the boards for the museum at this point? I, I suspect that the COVID situation may have put a hold on anything. Is there, is there any uh, expansion or renovation or the like that are, that's planned?
23: Uh, well, that'd be something to talk to my managers about. I- I'm the person that helps do the programming on the floor. I got you. Um, so we've got uh, a new exhibit that's opened up, uh, the artwork of Wesley Shoup, and that's just amazing. He's here all the time and taking photographs of the trails through the seasons, and so they put up a- an exhibit of his photos from right here in the Bluff State Park and showing things that you will actually see at different times of the year through the trail. So that's a wonderful thing.
2: Wow. Does the museum, are the exhibits uh, sort of germane and specific to the state of Mississippi and its nature? Or does it, does it cover outside Absolutely. of Mississippi? Absolutely.
23: Okay. That's the whole reason the museum exists, as it showcases Mississippi. We are the state museum of uh, all things natural science and so everything you see here represents our state state from the paleo past up until modern times Um, we do have a visiting exhibit here right now called monster fish and monster fish is actually representative of freshwater species from across, across the globe so you can see like these Animals that almost look like they're fairy tale creatures. <laughs> they're so <Right>. large. <laughs> but yeah, but they're here uh, until actually, uh, this is the last week to see them. Uh, and then we're getting a new exhibit really soon. Uh, but uh, through Sunday, the monster fish exhibit is open. So now's your time to go see that. Wow.
2: The monster fish exhibit.
23: Yeah, National Geographic made it. It's really cool.
2: <laughs> wow. And so these would be monster fish that are found in Mississippi, is that right?
23: No, from across the world. Okay, across uh, so the world, okay. We, yeah, so we've got them from uh, uh, Thailand, from um, oh my goodness, everywhere Southeast Asia, Africa, I mean, they're, we're, they're showing the largest species of different types of fish from around the world. And and some of them are they, they almost look like they really came from a storybook. Um, one of them is as big as a Volkswagen bus. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's it's kind of mind-boggling. Uh it's, it's very cool.
2: Wow. That is really neat. So that that's a brand new exhibit?
23: No, it's been here uh all through COVID. We got it just before COVID hit, okay. and they ex- extended the uh exhibit until uh you know, for a while to help us kind of make up the fact that we rented it and weren't able to have people here for a while. Uh, so it's leaving us on um, the 13th. I think that's um, this next su- Sunday will be the last day it's open to the public. And then they'll be packing it up to move it to uh, the next in its next location. Okay. And then we will be um, getting our next exhibit ready, and it will take a while. We've got to pack the old one up and get ready for the new one. The new exhibit will be called Wild weather <laughs> and I'll be opening up I think in very early May.
2: Wow, that's really cool so it's it's traveling around it's mobile in in nature, yes, yeah, and so much to learn from uh the a place like the museum it's just so much information and I assume so much that you you just don't get out of a classroom, for example.
23: It's a great way to support classrooms, you know, and there's so many different ways to learn. So some people don't do well with the, uh, the Zoom learning or even with yeah. regular classroom learning. So coming to a place like this can provide a lot of support for that uh we do however do a lot for schools we have schools that come visit us we have been doing um some zoom classes as well we we do stuff with girl scouts and uh boy scouts this uh spring into nature event is very family friendly so it's good for for families we we do ask that everyone you know you make your reservation and you wear your mask yep. uh but it's going to be like so much fun uh we're going to have guided nature hikes there so will be um our scientists are coming out, and they're going to be doing demonstrations about their work on the lawn. Yeah. If the, if the uh, weather's a little iffy, we, we have a rainy day plan, too. So some of the outside stuff will have to be canceled, but we can, we can bring a lot of it in if we need to.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Well, Nicole, appreciate you joining us today. That was a great update, and uh, thanks for all you do and, and your insight about the Mississippi well, Museum of Natural Science.
23: Well, thank you. Check us at mdwfp.com for more information or follow the museum on Facebook, Mississippi Museum of Natural Science. You'll see all the things we're doing, including the Spring Into Nature event, register for summer camps, all that good stuff.
2: Really cool. Thanks a lot, Nicole. See you later.
23: All right. Thank you. Bye.
2: All right. That was good stuff. So a question for you guys. Uh, we've talked about this before, Adam, about turkey season. And mm-hmm. this came up last week, and I failed to get this on the program. And I asked the uh, the listener to just remind me of it this week. Wants to know, what would it take to get turkey season moved to April
22: 1st and and drop the limit to two birds? So that's a, a really good question. We're looking at that. Um, it's a... It's, uh, all over the south there's a lot of anxiety about turkey populations and i think some of it's valid um and so a number of southern states uh, recently have either undertaken different things to look at the turkey season or they've already made changes and we're in the process of that now we're in the third year uh your listener specifically mentioned april 1st we're in the third year of Uh, doing some uh, case studies on a subset of our WMAs where we've moved their season to April 1st and so we're able to monitor what happens on those areas and then each of those areas sort of has a paired sister area nearby that did not get that April 1st season so we'll be able to directly compare between those two to see hey did it help when we made that change or not Uh, we're also working on a research project with Mississippi State where we're taking a, a lot of available data that we have and um b- basically playing what if games with the season structure uh you know what if we drop the bag limit what if we change the length of the season what if we did this or that and what would we expect the outcome of that to be um and so it's a it's a subject that i feel really passionate about i mean as a turkey hunter myself and as somebody who you know very much appreciates the fact that you know the the regulations that we set and things like that affect people and they affect people's ability to enjoy our natural resources here so i'm of the opinion that if we can't you know demonstrate with with good science and data in advance that a change would be beneficial that we don't need to make a change just simply to you know quote do something um there's a lot of things that affect turkeys and turkey populations and whether they're up or whether they're down and hunting is is just a small component of that and so you know, the 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 notion that we change a season to address a declining population, you know, at first glance that sounds reasonable, but if the hunting season really has no reason or has nothing to do with why the turkeys are up or down, you know, making a change simply for appearances, it's not really going to accomplish anything. I got you. But that being said, you know, like I said, we're undertaking um, a couple of different projects right now uh, to study that issue so that we can see, is it going to make a difference? Do we expect it to make a difference? And if we see good results from that, um, you know, that's something we're going to address going forward.
2: Something being considered.
22: Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely
2: being considered. Uh, before we go to break, what about this legislation regarding uh, CWD, chronic wasting disease, and and not requiring those to report that are inside fences and barriers? We got a break right now. Can you hold that thought? Sure, we'll come right back and answer that question. Will Adams, stay with us here on Mississippi Outdoors Radio.
15: We
6: If you think basketball is mayhem, then you're going to think the deals and selection we have at Mazda of Jackson are insane. You will save big with low monthly payments on our amazing selection of cars, SUVs, and crossovers. Wait now. Get 0% financing on most new 2021 Mazdas in stock. This will save you thousands in finance charges, and Mazda of Jackson will give you your first year of maintenance for free. Credit issues are a thing of the past, as our credit team works harder than anyone else to get you approved. That's what I call a slam dunk. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty from Mazda of Jackson. So get here today to grab your deal, cause it is complete mayhem, and it won't last long. At Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaJackson.com. CX5 stock number 4936. 3 stock number 4846. With a credit on select model. time.
14: the largest selection of Kenda tires in Mississippi. While you're there, don't forget Gateway's ASC certified mechanics are trained to diagnose and repair your car or truck with honest customer service. Gateway Tire and Service Centers offers lube oil and filter changes, engine diagnostics, belts, hoses, brakes, wheel alignment, and of course tires just like Kenda. Designed for your journey. Gateway Tire and Service Centers supports Mississippi Outdoors and of course, we go the distance for you.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Mississippi Outdoors Radio is back with you. Each week we feature one of the uh, great state parks or other abundantly beautiful assets in the state of Mississippi, across the great state of Mississippi. This week it's Clark Creek Natural Area. It's one of Mississippi's most beautiful, unexpected treasures where you will find waterfalls ranging in size from 10 to 30 feet in height on this 700-acre park. Clark Creek is a day-use park only and does not allow camping. It offers some challenging hiking throughout the park, so come prepared with water, good hiking shoes, and snacks. While hiking, you will experience a variety of hardwoods and pines, among other species, and a variety of colorful migrating and resident birds. This beautiful park is open year-round, seven days a week. With spring upon us, now is a great time to explore this park. You won't be disappointed. The park is open every day except Tuesdays and Wednesdays. For more information about the park, visit our website at www.mdwfp.com or by calling the park at 601-888-6040. You can purchase an annual park permit for $50 that will give you access to all the great state parks for an entire year. So that's Clark Creek Natural Area, that's down in Woodville, Mississippi. Mark Cabin is the park manager. I may, it may be Cavin. I may have mispronounced it. Not sure. C a v i n. Give him a call. All right. So. What else we got coming up this week on Mississippi Outdoors uh, on the Mississippi Public Broadcasting Network?
22: Yeah, uh, Mississippi Outdoors TV this week will feature, i uh, have got three features there, and will feature a rabbit hunt in Panola County, um, a segment about black bear research in Mississippi that's pretty cool yeah. where they capture some black bears, and then uh, bass fishing on uh, Lake Whittington. So Mississippi Outdoors TV, uh, television airs Thursday nights at 7.30 on MPB and then it also re-airs Saturdays at 5.30. Uh, And if you miss it, you know, we post all that stuff up now to our Facebook and YouTube and those sort of outlets. So, all right, so
2: I uh, appreciate that. So, yeah. all right, back to the chronic wasting disease uh, legislation. I think sitting on the governor's desk. Now. Sure. So, what? Just basically, Adam, what's the the department's position on well, that? Well,
22: I don't. I don't really want to comment specifically on legislation legislation that is you know out there okay. um, that, that has not been passed into law yet. But I, I will just a couple of thoughts about CWD in general. You know, the really. Nefarious thing about CWD, and and, and I, I guess a lot of problems are this way: is that it the the full implications of having chronic wasting disease are not going to manifest for a long, long time. Okay. That it's not, you know, it's not this thing where you know we have CWD today, and then all of a sudden, you know, the deer herd crashes tomorrow, and um, things are just really bad right at, right immediately. So it's it's easy, you know, and, and, and any kind of problem that's that way. You know, it's easy to look at it and say, well, you know, okay, we've had CWD a few years, and it's not really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. Um, With CWD, the the not really that big of a deal may not be for, you know, 40 or 50 years from now. Um, The states that have had CWD for a lot longer than we have, you know, it takes several decades for them to really see the full effects, where it starts affecting the deer herd, where the deer herd starts declining, where, you know, hunting... Um, gets to a point where it, it's difficult to to have uh, liberal hunting opportunities in a, in a deer herd so affected. Mm-hmm. where it gets to a point where you can't grow bucks beyond two or three years of age because they're not going to survive because they're going to get the disease and die. And so, you know, those sort of really, really bad outcomes may be decades from now. And, you know, it's just human nature. Any problem that's like that where the full consequences of your actions may not come about for a long long time into the future it's it's hard to deal with that so that's kind of what you got to think about with cwd that it it, you know it uh, i think it's easy to hear biologists and and folks you know kind of on our side of the shop you know talking the way we do so uh so dramatically about it and say well heck we've had it a couple of years now and it's not that big a deal Hmm. well the big deal you know may not come for you know Many many decades.
2: Okay, so that's well, just
22: one way to think about it.
2: Hopefully, our lawmakers understand that and take that into account and uh, govern with the uh, the understanding of the long term impacts, not just the short term impacts. Uh, Stanley in Lafayette, Louisiana. Just kind of a final note here before we uh, get off the air on the program. It says I love hummingbirds. I probably got six feeders in my yard, and they do fly. Actually, it's 49 miles an hour. But right, (laughs) I looked it up. Said the fastest one recorded at 61. In a dive, yeah, yeah, the world champion hummingbird, right? The Anna's hummingbird. Uh, That's truly awesome. Appreciate that. Well, that uh, brings us uh, to the conclusion of Mississippi Outdoors Radio. Rhino and I will be back with you on the JT Show again at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Stay safe, everyone, and God bless.
15: To you courtesy of the red, white, and blue.